Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Another Friday, another great podcast coming from you. This week, we've got Resto Johnny from the Samba. Pretty elusive cat. He's been in the scene for a long time. Sells tons and tons of rare vintage Impy, DDS, and you name it, he's got it. He's been a collector for a long time. So we talk about his background, how he got into it, and uh, go through some of his thoughts specifically on some of the collectibles, how you figure out what they're worth, and then what are some of the holy grail items. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you guys know that this weekend I'll be down at Drag Day, just kind of checking some stuff out, promoting the show, which the show, October 6th and 7th, one crazy weekend. Love to see you guys down here. If you're going to come down, you need to book your room 30 days before the event. That means by the end of September, you need to have your rooms booked or you're going to be out of luck. A couple people missed out last year and paid some steep fees for these rooms. We're getting you a golden deal at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Go to their website and punch in code number VWJ23C. That's VWJ23C. There'll be a link down in the podcast description for the room discount code. So make sure you book your rooms, okay? Other than that, man, this year's shaping up to be a freaking rad show again. So, uh, you guys, it's more than a show. It's a weekend event. It's a strip cruise Friday night, which is a raging strip cruise. Last year was 80 cars. This year's going to be more than that. As we all come back to the hotel, all the VW guys park in the same location. It's just a big, huge hangout at a hotel and casino with all your VW friends. Saturday morning, we've got a car show. It goes from 8 till 1 o'clock. We're going to have some top 20 cars picked and then a best of show. And uh, if, if you really want to get your car judged uh, for best of show, you'll need to kind of tag some people to the side. And if you want to get your car judged, we will have a judge section that's going to be judged on points basis, uh, front, back, interior, paint, engine, all that good stuff. So uh, if you're one of these trophy chasers that gets real mad about it, <laughs> we got the class for you after the car show. There's about a four, five hour break where you just get to chill, go back to the hotel, do whatever. Leave your car right where it's at in the car show location. And then kicks off the world famous poker run where you run, where you ride around with your buddies in your Volkswagen, your classic Volkswagen on a Saturday night, buzzing around through Vegas, going to different locations, getting a poker card, coming back to the hotel. And I deal you your last poker card right there at the hotel when we get there. And that is where we give away a couple thousand dollars in cash money in your hand that night. So there's no greater weekend where you can have this much fun, get a great rate on a room in fabulous Las Vegas. There's lots of Southern California, lots of Florida, lots of big cities all around the world, but there is only one Las Vegas. So make sure you guys come check us out October 6th and 7th. Book your rooms now. I'm having a little issue with my website. The company that hosts it changed owners. I'm trying to crack into it so I can update the show page. So that hopefully will be updated within the next week or so. Book your rooms now. Go to Orleans Hotel and Casino. Punch in room code VWJ23C and make sure you get your room reserved. So I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited, man. It's going to be another rager this year. We couldn't do it without our sponsors, people that support the podcast. So make sure you support those that support your favorite podcast. Go to vwtrendsmagazine.com. Dan recently retired. He's doing VW Trends Magazine full-time now. So make sure you subscribe today. Support those in the VWC. I'm looking for good things to see out of VW Trends Magazine. So make sure you guys check those guys out, as well as Ross Wolf. They'll be a show sponsor as well. So you guys will be able to get some of your Ross Wolf goodies this October. But don't wait till then. If you need something right now, hit them up at RossWolf.com. Pick up some of their nice aftermarket VW gear, high quality parts, a company that stands behind what they do. You heard them on the previous podcast. So they're uh, they're all about taking care of their customers. So make sure you guys 
you guys go support Ross Wolf. Go to rosswolf.com. There'll be a link in the description below as well as you logo up. Make sure you guys check out you logo up. Uh, you want to make some shirts, do some things like that. That's going to be where you want to go to get your shirts made. If you get a cool print or something to the effect, you want to get that made, go over to you, you logo up.com, the letter you logo up.com, punch in your design, your gear, whatever you want to make, hats, shirts, whatever, and they will give you a quote based on what you put in there. And they're fairly competitive. They're pretty quick. And uh, they support Let's Talk Dubs, where I get my gear from. So check those guys out. Support youlogoup.com. Also, speaking of fresh gear, man, have you seen the new logo? The logo is off the chain. And it happens to be a listener, uh, a Dan the Man. So you guys can check out Dan the Man. I put a little post with Dan the Man on it. I'm talking about Dan Gregory. He's a local artist out of Seattle. Now, Dan's one of us. Uh, we somehow either connected on Facebook or Instagram, and I, I checked out his page, you know, see what he was all about. And I saw some super dope art, right? Graffiti style art, some things to that extent. And I just really love the vibe of his artwork. And I hit him up and I said, hey, would you be interested in doing this year's show logo? He hit me up. He said, yeah, I'd love to do it. So I definitely check out his Etsy page, man. Uh, his Etsy page is 1976. It's just art. So check him out on uh, on his Etsy page. Also give him a follow at Mr. Dan1976 or on Facebook. He's Danny Gregory. I'll leave links in the podcast link below. He'll do renderings for your car. He also does some pretty rad, uh, some pretty rad cultural artwork that's graffiti style, but it also ties in with some of the stuff in our youth. You know, he's got a history with BMX and uh, hip hop culture and just has he's a VW guy, bro. What more do you want than that? Support your local artist. And if you guys overseas, man, want some dope artwork, hit him up, check out his page, click the link below down in the description of the podcast. It'll take you to his Etsy page. Uh, he's just got some rad stuff, man. He's a super talented artist, man. And so make sure you guys support our guy, Mr. Dan. All right. So Mr. Dan's our artist for this year's let's talk dubs one crazy weekend, super rad logo. So, well guys, Without any further ado, man, let's get into it. Resto Johnny, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. You've probably heard of him. He's elusive. He's all over, and he's nowhere at the same time, man. He's He's got tons of stuff for sale in the Samba. So if you're looking for rare stuff, man, he's got it. And hit him up, man. If you're looking for something specific, he's one of them parts geeks that he knows everything. Like it, it, When it comes to like stuff that's rare and collectible or hard to find, I first ran into him when I needed some 67 window cranks for my type three. So he had him, I hit him up and then, you know, checked out his, his photo page uh, on the Samba. He's got tons and tons of photos. I'll put a link in the description for uh, checking out some of the stuff. So as he's talking during the podcast, you guys can kind of scroll through his pictures on the Samba and see what he's talking about. So I'm excited, man, for you guys to hear this one. It's a good one. It's a long one. It's totally worth it. So I hope you got a nice long drive or something to fill your weekend while you're in the garage. Get out there, turn some wrenches, get your cars ready for one crazy weekend. But let's get into it this week, guys, with Resto Johnny on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. So if you happen to see a good looking Volkswagen, 
Okay, so everybody, so on today's podcast, uh, you know, we've been talking quite a bit lately about collectibles and MP parts and uh, some auto house stuff coming up. I'm always looking for experts in the field on that. And I tracked somebody down that if you guys have been in the game for a while, everybody knows Resto Johnny is. I've got him on the podcast today because we're going to talk about a lot of the MP stuff and some of the real rare collectibles. And if you're looking for any of that good stuff, you know, Johnny's your guy for all of that. So if you guys, uh, are ready to get into some deep dive on some cool collectible stuff and whatnot. Let's welcome Johnny to the podcast. Hey, Bill. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. So um, wanted to, you know, we we talked about doing this. We, we chatted a little bit on the phone just before this and, you know, talked to you. I've been trying to get an MP podcast going about collectible stuff. And really, this is going to be probably a little deeper dive than just MP, I would think, because... There's, okay. There's really a lot of collectible stuff, but I really wanted to talk about some of the MP stuff. But before we get into any of that, we always start the podcast the same way. What's your VW story, and how did you get into Volkswagens? Uh, well, uh, I got into Volkswagens when I was 11 years old. Um, my dad was a big uh, exotic car guy, Porsche, Lambos, stuff like that. And I wanted to be just like him. But he didn't want to blow any money on me on something like that. So he bought me a 60 convertible bug. And uh, I did the body work on it. It took me about a year. He helped me with it. My uncles helped me with it. They showed me how to weld and everything. And uh, metal work. And um, we just finally finished the car. We painted it black. It was really clean. On a, you know, lowered uh, white walls, you know, something like that. And, uh. And That's pretty much it, you know, and uh, what got me hooked. And this is, when, this is when you're 11? I was 11. And I finished the car about 12 years old, 12 and a half. And I didn't have a license yet. But my dad <laughs> would drive me around in it. And I was pretty proud, you know, um, cruising Pomona, whole boulevard, all that. You know, uh, then he wanted to take it to a show one day. You know, I was 13 years old already. Right. And I still had the car, so we ro- he, we drove it. He drove it to the show, parked it. We walked around, and we came back, and there's a Japanese guy there, and a couple other ones looking at my car, mm-hmm. and he kept asking me, "Do you want to sell the car?" And I didn't quite understand. You know, I'm just a kid, 13 years old, you know, and my dad knew what was going on because that's what he did. Right. And uh, he said, "Well, they want to buy your car." And I was tripping out. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And I, and I go, what should I ask? And he goes, it's your car. Throw a number at him. You know, and uh, I was thinking, well, I'm 13. My lucky number is 13. Yeah. So I went ahead and said 13,000. And he whipped out his fanny pack and paid me in cash. Holy cow. The- yeah, so I'm like 13 years old. I got all this money. My dad's pissed because he says, how are we going to get home? <laughs> we got 13,000 ways to get home. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I lived in Pomona. We're, we're only like 20 minutes away from the spot. But, you know, we ain't walking. And I, was, I didn't really know anyone. And my dad, you know, his friends are swapping and buying stuff. They're not going to drive us home. So he's like, well, I screwed around. I was jokingly said, let's buy another car and drive it home. Yeah. Well, so we looked around and uh, we picked up a 68 Gia convertible, you know, for a thousand bucks and drove it home. And what, and year, and what year is this? What year is this you're doing this? 
Oh man, uh, it's, let's see. It's gonna be oh, late eighties. I think uh, it was like eighty-one. Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. My memory is pretty bad when it comes to my age, or either that, or I just don't want to say how old I am. <laughs> one or the other. I don't know, bro. So, but, uh, so this is back in the day when a lot of the Japanese would come out, you know, because like late eighties, early nineties, the Japanese started showing up at Pomona, and they were just they were just buying cars left and right. Oh yeah, in the, yeah, in the nineties, they were just scooping stuff up, you know. And by then, I started started building my cars in the 90 when i got out of the navy you know yeah. uh, i knew what i wanted to do i wanted to do cars you know and uh just do what my dad did but you know on a low income but you know uh i didn't make a lot so I, all i did was volkswagens because that's all i could afford back then you know my dad wasn't gonna spot me the money <laughs> and, and you were and you were you're growing up in pomona at the time right Growing up in Pomona, I actually grew up in L.A. up until I was like seven. I I grew up actually just around the corner from the original Tommy's. Oh, really? You know, and then uh, we moved to Pomona when I was ten. Nice. And now, and so so you get you've got the vert, then you get the '68, and you're just a young kid at the time. Now, is there any clubs or anything that you're rolling with back then? I mean, you know, kind of back then, it's there was a lot of car clubs around and they're all low riders, man. <laughs> so you're you hanging know? with all low rider guys. I'm, I'm hanging with all the low rider, all the Cholo guys. I was just kicking back with them, you know? And, uh, when I got my license, I started driving, stri- driving a convertible Gia, And then I ended up selling that when I took that to Pomona. Uh, I was in the Lambretta's investments as well. So I drove that to school. Um, but VW's was my thing. Yeah. You know, and then, I love it. And so, what at, at what point do you start getting into like? Because you said the first car was on white wall, so you were kind of a stock guy then. Well, yeah, because I didn't know anything. You know, eleven years old, twelve years, old, I didn't really know what cool wheels were. You know, I, I just whatever was on the car. That's you know, I hooked it up and you know put white walls on it because in Pomona, that's all you saw. You know, a, a lot of. A lot of old Chevys on white wall, so I, I did it to my Volkswagen. And now, so you you start getting into you buy the '68 Gear, and then there, there's a process when you go to like, what's the first thing you start seeing? Like, hey man, there's there's parts I can make some money hustling the stuff. I can buy some parts and pieces. When do you first start getting into looking for parts and pieces and realizing that? I mean, do you first just buy something that's cool and then realize it's worth a bunch of money or do you start going down, you know, the road of what's the first real collectible you get? Is it MP? Is it DDF? I mean, what is it? Well, for me, it was rims. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed when I would walk the swaps with my dad, I would see so many different kinds of wheels. And then uh, that's when I started collecting wheels. Um my, my, my first set of wheels, like really cool wheels, were original BRMs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kept collecting BRMs after that. I didn't care if they were cracked. I didn't care if there were chunks missing out of it, corroded. I, I would buy it, you know. And then I kind of accumulated a lot, a lot of those BRMs. And I started venturing out into different wheels, you know, uh, just from looking at all these other wheels on other cars, you know. So when I wasn't here to push alloys because I've seen that my whole life mm-hmm. with my dad. So I wasn't really into alloys at all. So when's the first time? I do have a bunch, though. 
When's the first time that you realized that BRMs are worth some money? Uh, I, I didn't realize they were worth a lot of money because I was kind of finding them a lot back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But then uh, around the 2002, uh, 03, uh, I think that's when MP started to kind of blow up in the market. And um, people were asking me, hey, would I sell these wheels? Well, and then, you know, what would you give me? What are they worth to you? Right. And, uh, and these guys, you know, they weren't lowballing me or nothing. They, they actually threw a thousand bucks out there for a set of four. I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah, sure. I'll sell it to you. You know, I don't know how many BRMs I have, you know, I have now, I don't know how many I have now. I don't know how many I had back then, but you know, every chance I would get, I'd, I'd, I'd buy a single, like I said, or said, I didn't care. You know, I had the money selling cars now doing cars for people. So I had the money to buy it. So I just went out and bought it. I didn't care, you know? Yeah. And, 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 you're, uh, and you're seeing these things out at Pomona. What are you paying for a BRM back then? Back then? Oh, man. I would pick them up for like 75 bucks each, you know, 300 for a set. You know, uh, then when it hit around the, the 2000s, you know, it's it, it, it was like more like 3,000, 4,000, you know? Yeah. For a set of four. Um, and so, you and start, so, you, so you start buying the BRMs and, and it kind of, you're just a, a like a hoarder. You like, you like these things. They look cool. You don't see them on everybody else's car and, and kind of in the car game, right? That's always the deal. Like I want something nobody else has. So exactly. So my stuff stands out a little bit. So you start realizing the BRMs are worth a little bit of stuff. Now what's, who's the first person that you see that, that, with respect to the um, impy stuff, where you start to see like, hey, wait a second, this impy stuff's collectible, or what's the first impy piece that you pick up? Uh, uh, what do you, uh, the first impy piece that I, I bought that was uh, worth some money? Yeah. Oh, the BRMs. Well, but those were, you know? I, well, I guess they were impy, right? They were sold, they were made by Speedwell. Well, Speedwell MP, yeah. Right, right. Um, actual MP, I would say the, the steering wheels. And, you know? Yeah, and what... Like what was, I mean, the, the most common steering wheels that we would see back then would be like the regular, the GTV wheel, right? The GTV, correct. Mm-hmm. The 15 inch, you know, uh, and I, I then so I, I would buy those, you know, I'd find those for a hundred, 200, I'd pay 300 for a super nice one. You know, um, it, it got to a point where people knew I was buying them and they would just, wouldn't even leave it on the swap space and come straight to me and say, here you go, Johnny, what do you want to give me? You know? Uh, I mean, I'd leave a car show with three or four empty steering wheels every show. And what, what were you given for an empty steering wheel back then? What, what, I, what I was selling them for? No, you mean, what, what were you buying them for? Like when you're, when you're getting, Oh them? man, anywhere 300 and less for each wheel. That's nuts. And then what, what's so what's funny is now. So, you start to get in the impy stuff and then I mean, how big does your collection get? Does it start to get where it's just like overtaking the garage and you just got so much stuff and and obviously you're like most of us car guys, right? You buy something and your attitude's like, that's money in the bank, you know, like that thing sitting yeah. there. It's like a it's like an investment, right? I paid two hundred for mm-hmm. it, worth four hundred all day, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um man, I at one point I wanna say I had at least you know, uh, various wheels. I had about maybe 600, 600 at one point. Yeah. Steering wheels or car wheels. Oh, 
car wheels, steering wheels. Oh, I never God. really counted them, you know, because I kind of sell them all the time or trade them for other things. Uh, at one point, I had that I can remember maybe 40. Wow. You know, and that includes a carriage wheel, the 14 inch, the 15 inch. Uh, and that's pretty much, you know, it right there. I, I, I didn't realize there were a few other empty steering wheels until say 2006 then i was introduced to the 16 inch flat dish wheel so like, oh, i never seen that before um and I, think glenn, I, I don't recall who it was i think it was glenn pablo rare air on uh -huh. san diego yeah and uh, i i think his was the first one i seen it was missing the horn button or it was cracked or something but then after that of course oh i don't have that right i'm looking for it you know and now with that with that particular wheel the flat wheel if i'm not mistaken i mean this is my amateur guess but i think that's a that's a dotson wheel right yes it's a dotson wheel and uh i've never seen one on a bug but i've seen a few on buses after that yeah, once my, i once i got familiar with it i see other people have them on their buses yeah a buddy of mine miguel up in northern california he's got one on his bus and uh, mm -hmm. they look super slick you know what i mean because you got the you've got the same impy wheel design but it's it completely it, it's a flat wheel with no dish on it so um yeah you know and, there, and there's a lot of that right mp tried to branch out in other car brands um you know with uh dotson and i don't know what other cars they corvair made. corvair they made a couple different parts and pieces for some of that stuff yeah. which i don't know how successful it was definitely wasn't as successful as the bug um no now you know we, we talked earlier because i'm picking up i'm picking up a gtv bug from back east and right. uh, we started talking about and what was funny is it had the the it's got the 500 wheel in it right the riverside right 500. and what's interesting is as i so there's a website called oldspeed.net and this is put on by i don't know um who the guy is that does this let me see if I, I think can. it's uh fabs that's i think that's his name uh-huh yeah but there's so many guys named fabs out there in europe right so. he, he's up in uh he is up in um, in France, I think it is. He's somewhere. He's somewhere mm -hmm. in Europe, and he's got all of the advertising catalogs. And we were talking earlier today about my buddy from Beetle Barn. He's yeah. just, he says, "Man, I threw reams of those catalogs away, just stacks them, just <laughs> threw, threw them in the dumpster." And I'm, and it's so wow. funny, you know, because you know, as you go through the catalogs, and he's got a lot of on this on the website's oldspeed.net, and I'll put a link to it down in the description of the podcast for you guys that are listening. And it has a bunch of the complete catalogs that are, that are digitally scanned and put in here. And, you know, I, I was looking to see it, like what year I would see that Riverside, that Riverside 500 steering wheel. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I see it until after 69. But, you know, it, it's funny because they would do something. And, and the story that I hear about that wheel is that it's made from the same people that made um, the Porsche wheel. The um, Correct the the nine was a nine four that was a nine twelve wheel on that thing or? uh nine eleven nine twelve yes and it's an early but they're different they're they're different in uh the spokes are different the hubs are different yeah. you know if you actually had what the five hundred next to nine uh a nine eleven wheel you'll see a big difference in them yeah and and it's a little bit i think it's a an inch or so smaller right i believe so yeah yeah and so there's a lot of, so the first thing you start going down the rabbit hole with is the BRMs and then the steering wheels. 
Now, do you do you ever drag up an MP catalog? Because what, what's funny is you go through year by year the catalog; they vary so much. You know, some some yeah. have a bunch of steering wheels, some have two steering wheels, and there's so much variation. Like, what's the next? So, so now you like identify. I'm going to start chasing all this MP stuff. Like, I don't even care if it right. says MP. What's the next big thing you start getting into after? Obviously, the BRMs and the steering wheels. What's your next most collectible thing you started going after? I started going after uh, eliminator shifters. Now, you know, w- in respect to eliminator, eliminator was like was that like a second line through MP, or was that completely on their own? Uh, that, that was completely on their own. There's no other shifter like it that was being produced that looks like that that I remember. So the eliminator right. shift, the eliminator shifter was what? What year was that thing made for? To be perfectly honest, I, I don't know. Um, I, I remember. Now, the Eliminator my Shifter. My friend had a GTP and it was a 67. It was in there. It, it was, was all original. And it was in there from originally when the car was bought. Correct. So, for sure, 67. And w- yeah. the Eliminator Shifter, was it named after like like Lee Layton Eliminator type thing? Is that where that came from? That- you know, that's a good question. I, I honestly don't know that either. You know, um, as far as history goes, um, I know I, I don't know too much. I only know what I've um, come across. You know, like personally sure. seen and spoke to to uh, like Joe and Daryl and, and uh, Randy Ingersoll was a, was a a, a big time collector for me. You know, uh, he he uh, explained a lot of things to me. What 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 this part was and, and and how hard they are to find, you know? Um, so I don't know who the eliminator was, it was made after, you know, named after or. Yeah. Because, uh, because Lee Layton, uh, Lee Layton drove for, uh, he drove for Impy in the. Correct. In the early I, days. I, I knew you. Layton. Oh, you did? You know, he's, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got quite a few things from him over the years when I was younger. Uh, you know, uh, a funny story is um, when I would go to his shop, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let me talk to him unless I helped him dyno a motor in. <laughs> I couldn't say a single word until he was done and I was done helping him. And then he would say, okay, what do you want to buy for me today, Johnny? Because you knew what I was there for. Right. This is what I buy for. And he had, he had a ton of stuff. Is that what he is? I mean, oh. Uh, yeah, he had a ton of stuff. I, I, he didn't even remember. He didn't even know what he had. I'd have to go digging around, you know. Yeah. So, and uh, and, and uh, I found quite a few good good stuff, you know. A lot of frames, uh, oil pumps, stuff like that. It, he had a lot of that, you know, because he was an engine builder. Yeah. Cams. I, I got so much of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I've accumulated quite a bit from him, and I, so I'm seeing in the 1967 catalog. I see the Riviera 500 wheel, and I'm still looking for. I'm still looking for the. Oh wait a second! I think I just saw this this uh, supercharger over at uh, a buddy of mine's shop. Possibly interesting. Yeah, because they have on their 67 catalog. They've got a supercharger in there. So oh, which one is the, it? The Shawrock, the Shawrock Supercharger. The Charger, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Have you seen, have you, have you ever had any of those? I have one. Oh, really? It's in pieces. 
and uh, I, I don't even know where to go to have someone do do it up for me. I, I, you know, it's just something I stare at now. I found it in Pomona, you know, for fifty bucks, and uh, I just stare at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a co- I've got a couple of Judsons here. I have one that I pulled off of a car that I bought, and uh-huh. uh, I converted the car to an Ocrasa because I wanted to drive the car right. So I, I had it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did the Ocrasa, which makes it ten times more of a drivable car. And uh-huh. then for a garage warming party, one of my V8 buddies, who's a, who's a VW guy, um, that's how I met him. He brought over uh, a forty horse Judson, all, all the parts and pieces, and an extra thirty six horse you know, shell and stuff brought that stuff over to me because, you know, he says, well, you know, I got no use for it. And here it is for your garage warming party. So uh, (laughs) it was, uh, it it was pretty cool to get that, get that stuff. And, you know, I've, I've got like, you know, I've got nothing of a collection compared to yours. I've got fanfare horns and some stuff like that. Just some oddball, Uh you know, gauges and whatnot. But um, with respect to, so let's talk a little bit about some of the, some of the empty collectibles and, and kind of how it elevated, because I think what happened sure. was, you know, I, one of the cars that I remember seeing was Scott black 67, um, you know, black 67 bug that had, I think about every empty accessory you could get on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, German folks, correct? German folks. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Scott Scott Smith is his name. Scott Smith. Yeah, Scott Smith. Yeah, I called him Scott Black. Scott Smith with the Black 67. And I, I actually ran in him at the Grand National Roadster Show, and I, I got his number, and I've been kind of sending him texts every, text messages every now and again, like, hey, man, I want to get you on the podcast because I'm uh-huh. interested on his hunt for all the impy stuff, like <laughs> you know what he had to go through. But one of the things that he had on that car that was pretty uncommon that you know, that I believe is maybe a a fairly rare part are the dash pads. Are those fairly, those are fairly rare or you're pretty common? Uh, I don't consider them too rare. I mean, Danny Zapata had like 200 of them. So, uh, and he's been selling them over the years. I actually bought my last three from Danny. He had 200 of them. Yeah. He bought them long time ago. You know, and, uh, he's another awesome collector you should get a hold of. Yeah. No. He's got some stories for you. Well, well, what's funny is he bought, if I'm not mistaken, he bought my friend Carrie's 54 oval from here in Las Vegas. She had a black, oh, you did? uh, probably it's gotta be like maybe close to 30 years ago. She was selling this car. Okay. And, uh, it was a fully restored black 54 oval with the red interior. And it was, I mean, it was a, it was a top level restoration car. I see. Yeah, so um, I think that's uh, that that's one thing that he did, and I know he's been in the game for a long time, and and he's got some stuff yeah. for, for sale right now on the Samba. Some uh, oh yeah stuff signed by Herzog, I think is the guy's name, the artist for Impy. So uh, oh, I can't remember his name either. Heinz. Yeah, Heinz. Yeah, he's got a ton <laughs> of stuff, a ton of stuff available for him. So, yeah. Well. As you started getting into, as you started getting into the MP thing, did you track down the catalogs to try to find out what parts they had so that you would know what to look for when you went out? Well, well, you know, I, I did actually, I had all the catalogs, but it was, it was just so many parts and it was just confusing me. Mm-hmm. I sold all my catalogs and, and I figured I didn't need them because whatever I saw that was original MP, I'm getting it anyway. I don't need to see it in the catalog, you know? If I don't have it and I see it, I'm buying it. 
So I, I didn't really need to look through a catalog anymore. Right, right. So you kind of you kind of knew what you're looking for. Now I see yeah. a lot of stuff that I that I haven't seen a bunch of, like the supercharger. I haven't seen a bunch of those. Um, the other thing that I haven't seen a bunch of that I'm just as I'm cruising through here on on the catalog. Let me let me show you what we're looking at here. <laughs> Uh, is the is the uh, fuel filter? You know, I don't see a lot of those fuel filters. Have you ran into to many of those? The the one that with the uh, foil empty sticker on it. Yeah. Yes, I have a few of them. So the, are those those are fairly uh, fairly hard to find or what? Um. Yeah, they are pretty much hard to find because after being used and the gas gets on it. It, it ruins a foil on it. Uh, it ruins a sticker, mm-hmm. and people peel the sticker off, and then you don't know what they're looking at. You know, you don't know if it's real empty or not unless you've actually seen one. You know, you'll you'll know the shape and the size. You go, oh, that's an empty one. You know. Now, on some of the early stuff, they had chrome valve covers, right? Chrome valve covers. Well, I see in some of these engine mockups they have. There's just like it looks like a stock valve cover, but it's chromed. Uh, yeah. The, from what I, I heard, they would just use regular old chrome stock valve covers, mm-hmm. you know, until the the GT valve covers came out and, you know, they started doing their own thing, MP. Right. Making their own valve covers. But a lot of things were available through the catalogs that weren't stamped MP. But you could also purchase those from J.C. Whitney or Eelco or something like that. Now the seats, you know, as I've been looking through the catalogs lately, the the GT bucket seats, mm-hmm. those um, those to me seem uh, they don't seem like they're something super common. Is, is this what we're talking about? These bad those ones, right yeah, those those ones are really hard to find. So are these for a Gia or are these you can find? Or did they make two versions of these seats? Uh, they made different versions, you know, uh, from what I hear. Uh, I've seen, I've never owned that seat. I'm always looking for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but they, they came with different tracks. It came with to fit on a gear. They came on a beetle. I've seen them in both. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, they have like a recliner seat here too. So I don't know if it's the, is it the same seat that's fully adjustable with the recliner here? Let me see. Let me, let me see. Which one? So this is the, so I guess it's made by Speedwell, right? So it's Speedwell. Just, yeah. That's an early seat. Yeah, and uh, I've only seen two of them. Uh, one was in the Dave Mays. It was his, in his collection. Mm-hmm. And then Hawking over in Sweden has them in his car. And I've never seen them again. I, I have, I've had a wanted ad out for those for at least 15 years. And I just pulled the ad because I'm not going to get it. <laughs> right. And well, especially on the, I, I mean, on the- when I pull the ads, it's funny because then all of a sudden I come, in, I come across it and I get it. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're trying to get lucky now what about these have you so in this one catalog i see there's some plaid seat covers have you ever seen a set of these dudes no i've never seen those i would think no that. other than in the catalog right I've, I've never seen them in person and i i've never heard of anyone having any yeah i mean there's there's so many things as, as i start going through the catalog man i'm just like holy cow there's so much stuff like a two spoke yeah. like this two spoke wheel um you know, they're, and I think, I don't know if these are, uh, if they're the cosmic wheels or what these wheels are. Cosmic, yeah. So are they, so when they say cosmic, were they made by the same uh, cosmic that makes the, the wheels? Yeah, I believe they made them for uh, Mini Coopers too as well. 
Um, but they weren't specifically an empty item that I know of. Right, but th- but this is like Cosmic, the same one that made the the driving wheels, right? Like the Cosmic uh, cast cast aluminum wheels. That same company. Correct. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, no, I don't think so. It's a different company, huh? I believe it is a different company. I'm not 100 percent sure, so don't hold me to that. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not much of a Porsche wheel guy, other than right. you know, Fuchs. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, uh, that's nuts. Now, what yeah. about the the fiberglass, the padded rear deck, the fiberglass rear deck lid, the fiberglass rear deck that for the speaker grill and all that. The speaker. Oh grill. yeah, that. Yeah, I've only had one of those. I still have it. It's it's in one of my cars. I don't remember which one though. I, I'd have to go to my storage and take a look. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some of the so so give me for you know like the the novice listener out there, somebody that's out there looking at uh, you know the 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 typical like they want to start getting into collecting stuff or they want to go look like they think something might you know that there might be something out there for them to get. Like what would be give me the top five hard hardest to find parts for Impy. Oh, true. If you had to pick uh, five, number, like five holy yeah. grail parts. All right. Number one, psychedelic door trim panels. That's number one for me. Really? Um, I have a set that I got, but they're pretty beat up. I got them in a the car. Um, I don't know if you can see it in the catalog, but it's a psychedelic door trim. Yeah, I'm going to look for it. It's like 73? Uh, I believe 71 to 74 right, in, in one of those catalogs. Um, coat hanger would be number two. Um, oh, Richard Rock is looking for something that's I I've never seen before. Uh, it's a oh, a progressive uh, MP manifold, I believe it is. It's logo. Uh, it's a single manifold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it has the empty globe logo on it and it takes a progressive Weber or progressive carpet bleed. I've, I've never seen one other than Richard's wanted ad. So that'd be a number three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think here. Number four. Wow, man. It, it's kind of hard for me to say it was hard because, uh, I'm not going to say I've owned everything. But man, I have owned a lot. So it's like if I've owned it, I don't consider it rare no more. Right. Uh, you know, if, if me and th- three other guys own it, it's not rare to me anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to look for it. Right. So, you know, I mean, it'd have to fall in my lap for next to nothing for me to get it. So, um, yeah, so far, just those three that come to my mind. Yeah, I'm looking for the psychedelic door panels, and I'm, I'm cruising through one of the catalogs in, uh, in, for, in 73. And uh, I'm not. I see. I see. Oh, that. it's there. Uh, it's in Richard Roth's. Uh, wanted that. <laughs> I don't know if he has that ad up. You know. You know. Yeah. But that's. You know that I, I've known about the trim. I thought I thought they were ugly as hell, and I actually came across it like maybe five years ago, in a car. You know, and I almost junked the panels, and then I remembered it, and I took a look. And I'm like, oh, those are them, and so off they went into my. Uh, and container they're, and they're actually door panels oh i see them right here good grief you see them yeah let me put them on the screen here <laughs> there you go bro psychedelic that's door trim so that's like yeah. a, that's like a whole cardboard panel with just like some vinyl and some psychedelic 
Right. Yeah. To me, you know, uh, they're ugly. Nobody likes them. But hey, as a collector, you got to have it, man. Because, yeah. you know, the uglier, the better. Yeah, you know, well, it's kind of one of those things, right? Like we we talked about earlier when when we were on the phone, we talked about, you know, when I had my Type Thirty Four Gia, and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have that car built, and I had Buddy Hale do the car for me, and uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the wheels that I picked for the car, I picked Cosmics, and I wasn't really a fan of the look of the wheel, but the reason that I picked it was because they were a super rare wheel, and so my thought was like, yeah. Oh, we're back to the car thing again, right? Like they're, they become so rare. They're cool, you know? Right. And, um, and I think, uh, I, I think that's kind of what happens with some of the stuff. Like you wouldn't buy it originally. Like, Oh man, it's super gaudy. Maybe it was a flop when they produced it. And that'll add to some of the reason why it's worth what it's worth, you know? Yeah. So, um, oh, I feel, yeah. So now looking at, um, the impy stuff after you start collecting impy stuff, BRMs, all this type of stuff, then where do you start getting a collector? Because then then you start getting branching off into like Dino Dinosaur stuff, and then there's like Truehoff stuff, and then there's yeah, you know, it just it just keeps going, right? Auto House and a lot of parts and pieces. So what are some of the other things that you started getting into collecting, or or maybe something you stumbled across and was like, oh, I didn't even know they made this, and then you found a boat. Yeah. Or something. Well, the, the 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 second thing I started collecting was DDS, mm-hmm. but they didn't make a whole lot. So there wasn't really much to look for other than the wheels. Right. You know, um, I love the wheels. You know, I've had quite a few sets. I was offered a pair today by a friend of mine, but I turned them down because I already have them all. You know, I have all the sizes and widths, so I don't need any more for my collection, unless it's practically free, you know, of course. Right. But uh, catalogs, DD, uh, DDS catalogs, um, I got this one plaque that I've been after. It's an original DDS plaque. A lot of people say it's 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 fake and but it belongs to a friend of mine who got it back in, in, in the early seventies. So there's no way that's a repop. Right. You know. And he's a he's a legend, you know, uh, very famous, you know. Uh, his name is Frankie Freeman. Yeah. You know, and he's uh I've got a lot of information off of him since I've known him as well, you know. Yeah and, and he's the DDS plaque, it went uh, like it was a dash plaque, or what was it? It was a dash plaque, and and I never. He, he had a '56 chop top oval, and I was uh, going through it, and he was asking if if I could try and sell it for him, but you know I didn't take him serious because he's pretty. It was a sentimental car to him, you know. It was, it was really nice, right. and I actually did try to sell it, but. Uh, you know, I, I wanted that plaque off of him, and I just couldn't get it. I'm sorry, back to the plaque thing, because <laughs> I could never get my hands on that damn thing. And to get it, I got to buy the whole car, and I wasn't about to do that. Right. <laughs> well, there's. It looks like there's a there's a do not look was it do not lower windows at speeds in excess of 120 mile an hour. Yeah, that's not original. But, that, but this this one's obviously a repop, right? So right. For right, eighteen dollars, you could live that dream, bro. I mean, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but, I actually did that a few times. You know, when I started, I seen a few of them, and I was like, "Oh wait!" Then uh, after a while, one of my mentors said, "Oh, those aren't real. Those were made later in the eighties or yeah. something like that." You know, so I was like, "Okay, I don't want it no more. Right. They're my dollar pile now." <laughs> now, so, so with respect to the DDS stuff, 
you know, you, you, the dash plaque that, that you're in search of is fairly rare. And I would think, I would think something like that probably came from a trophy shop and they just had maybe a couple dozen of them made. If that, you know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it, it, it's, they're out there. Now, one of the things, going back to some Impy stuff real quick, one of the things that uh, I'm curious if you've ever seen is the Impy uh, rear-mounted dual cooler that takes two coolers and it mounts it on the rear. Yes, the Batwing. Yeah, so what exactly, when you bought that from Impy, did that have the coolers already on it and it was like an adapter that that did? Or what? how does that, how does that come? Because I'm looking at their catalog because I saw that mm -hmm. and I thought... Since I'm getting an impy bug, you know, that would look cool on the back of it. <laughs> yeah, it would look cool. I had one in my 43 split. Oh, did so, you? So, um, yeah, and then I, I got a picture of it in the gallery if you ever wanted to look it up. But I didn't mount it where you're supposed to mount it. Where'd you? Because I mounted it in my luggage area behind the firewall. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and hey, it works great, man. I, I had a, a 1915, real nice. You know, uh, and, and man, it's an awesome oil cooler. You know, to me, it looks great. Well, it I does think, what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a super cool look as far as the, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up your, your link here. So I can go back to your pictures cause I had, oh, here we go. Here we go. So, um, now you have it, you have it mounted on your 43 split. You said in the, in the luggage compartment. Yeah. Yeah. So you had it mounted inside the car? Inside the car. Really? What made you mount yeah. it? What made you decide to mount it inside the car? I don't know. I because I, I seen them outside on, on the vents mm -hmm. in in the ads and stuff, and I was thinking I didn't like that look. Yeah. So I'd rather have it hidden. You know, not like totally where you can't see it, but if you were to peek inside, it's like, oh shit! Oops, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> now how how oh, he's hard got one of those in there? How hard are those to find? Uh, they're fairly hard. You know, there's a few out there. It's just getting them off the collector. You know, right. it's one of those things that you really, you know, get lucky and and or you know, or you know somebody who has one, and you just gotta wait for them to get bored of it and trade or make an offer. Usually there's a trade going on for something like that. Not too much money involved. You know, uh, the, the one I got, my first one I, you know, I got was from my friend Jeremy out in Hemet. Mm -hmm. He found one at a yard sale. You at, know, at, and, a, yard and sale? at a yard sale, man. He right. found it at a yard sale, Lake Paris or, or something like that. And he offered it to me because, you know, he knew I'm, a, I'm an empty guy. And I just happened to have my 43 split that I was throwing all kinds of empty stuff in it, you know? Now, and, uh, now you're talking he about sold it to me and, and the guy that built my motor hooked it all up and man, it was great. You know? Now I'm curious. Did you, do you run, um, do you, I'm obviously you run gauges on the car. You run an empty gauges yes. on the car. And did mm -hmm. you ever run it without the coolers to see the difference of the two additional coolers, uh, that they make? when you add the two coolers on there? No, no, no. Because uh, when I had my 40, 43 split, I had the gauges, but they weren't hooked up. So, I, you know, I, I know it works because you, you could, if I grab the hose, I could feel the, the oil rushing through. Yeah. And then the other one where it's rushing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I know it's working. And, and I didn't get hot because I, I, I rolled that 1915 in 120 degree heat. No problem. It runs good. 
Yeah. Oh like, yeah. So those are fairly. I'm I'm looking for one of those. I think one of those would look cool on the uh, on the MP car. Um, I can help you with that. All right. For the, we'll see if we can. I got you, man. I got you, Bill. Okay. Now, okay. So there's also one that I saw, and I'm and I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, maybe it was yours. Um, so did you end up buying the the Super Beetle with the C stripe on it? The yellow one. Well, I don't, it looks it looks white in the picture, but maybe it's yellow. But it's a super beetle with a C stripe. It says it's here on your pictures. You know, little... Yeah, I bought that one for two hundred bucks. Come on, stop it, bro. Stop. Nope. <laughs> you called my buddy. My buddy's the one that found it. Where did he? My fit? buddy Jeremy Kepping in South Carolina found it and sold it to me for two hundred bucks. And how rusty was it? It was pretty bad underneath there. I mean, it's South Carolina rust, right? So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's bad news. Yeah. And, and you know uh, the drum, the drums were locked up, so we had a hell of a time getting it on that trailer, man. Yeah, I you know what's interesting is as I was going through the catalogs, as you get into the later catalogs towards like the filter dynamics days, um, uh-huh. it oh here's something interesting, right? So I want to ask a question about this. So is this a, so the GTV after a while it kind of became a sticker? Was that was on this car? Was it GTV sticker? That was a sticker, yes. So, original. That's interesting. So the GTV um when you bought the C stripe sticker kit, it didn't did it have a did it did it have uh, a sticker or it didn't have it on the early C stripe kits? Um on the 68 C stripe kits came out in 68 and they were used on the on the 68 and later models and they did come with the sticker. See, I love the C stripe kit and the blue card that I'm getting doesn't have one. I just right. think, I think that the C stripe is one of those things like, uh, hey, look at me, it's an MP car. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I love that. You know, I wish I could put it on the '67, but it's not correct, so I can't do it. And then, uh, you know, I had a few chances to buy '68 ones, but oh man, it's just in the back of my head, it's not early enough. But I couldn't pass up that '72, that that Super Beetle one. You know, uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just put threw up a picture of the uh, the Dino Dinosaur uh, dash. Yeah, it was on Frankie Freeman's car, right? It says any fool right on his chop top oval. Yeah, but it takes a real man to chop them up, and it's like it looks like an. <laughs> it looks like so. I don't know if that's that's an original one to me. I I, I feel it is because he, he got it so early, right? In the seventies. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a rad, that's a rad dash plaque. Yeah. And I remember that Frankie Freeman's, uh, chop top was over, uh, Chris had it for a while. Cause I guess he was trying yeah. to sell it for him or something. Yeah. And, and actually Chris bought all of Frankie's stuff and Frankie got out of it, you know, uh, maybe 10 years ago, I think he, but he, you know, cause we're all living up here in Hesperia. So, yeah. you know, so he offered it to Frankie, uh, Frankie offered it to Chris. Chris, of course had the money to do it and got it all. Except the car. <laughs> yeah. And, and so where's the car now? Where's the chop top now? You know, I don't know. He's, I have no clue. Yeah. I never asked him who he sold it to or where it went. Um, I believe Randy Carlson, of course, uh, sold it for him. Okay. So uh, I, I could ask Frankie. I'll give him a ring. Yeah. I'm just curious. Just curious. I have my own chop top. I mean, so the chop yeah. top, I don't know how familiar you are with the chop top car that I have. Uh, uh-huh. The red one with the BRMs on it, but uh, yeah, the one for the, uh, you know, he's my friend, and I can't remember his name all of a sudden. He just lives Jim, right up here in Pittsburgh, man. Jim Moto. <laughs> yeah, Jim Moto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those BRMs on there? I was gonna buy them off him. 
So you were the guy that he must have been talking to. I, and I thought he was talking to Jim Mayo. So when it went, so here's the story behind behind how I got that car. Because I know some of our listeners have heard me tell the story before, but I know that you don't listen to the podcast a bunch now. But I'm sure after this, you'll start listening quite a bit. I, I yeah. But uh, so I did an '80s podcast. We talked about cars from the '80s and whatever. And toward the end of the podcast, I was talking with my buddy Tori, and I said, you know, the car that for me. Like, I don't even like chop tops and mm-hmm. the car for me that I never realized how much it influenced me was this red chop top that was on the cover, little small picture. It said that was on the cover of how to customize your Volkswagen spring 89 hot VW special edition. Right. And you open it right. up and it said, uh, Valley boys was the feature. And, <laughs> and, uh, I remember that that magazine, I still have that issue to this day because that particular magazine, I used to become the Beetle expert. Like I would go through every every page, and uh-huh. it would say like I would go through what they had the year by year breakdowns of the Beetle, and it'd tell you like a '64, you know, had the bigger had the bigger turn signals, it had the wider tail light, like it had or the license plate, yeah, light. the one year deck lid, correct. It showed you all these things, right? And so th- that's how I kind of it was my my Bible, bro. That's what I studied to <laughs> to be able to walk down the street and be like, oh, that's a '65 because the vent window goes back. And it's got, you know, you know, so I started all that stuff and then I never realized how much that car influenced me because my first 63 rag top bug that I bought in the junkyard, I painted it guards red, like, like Porsche red. And I did, yeah. And I did a white rag top on it and I painted the wheels red. I had five spokes on, I painted them red to match. And Uh then later on down the road, I did a white insert because it was the early nineties and that's what everybody was doing was like, now was the two tone phase, right? Everybody was getting, you know, gangster boogie. And then it's funny, we're we're talking about this car and we wrap up the podcast. Yeah, it's one of my favorite cars. I love that car. And so we hang up the phone or we get off the recording and he's like, Hey dude, Jim has that car, dude. And Bob Daniels, who does the 80s stuff, he's got his contact information. If you want to buy it, I think he wants to sell it, bro. He wants to sell it. Uh, for uh, 16 grand. And I was like, I, yeah. remember, I remember seeing that car at the 2010 VW Classic. And I saw it. And I yeah, just, one of the rare times he drove it down. Yeah, and, and I stopped me in my tracks. And I'm like, bro, it's the car. It's the car. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was one of those things for me where I was like, I can't believe it. And so I hung around the car for like 30, 40 minutes, waited for somebody to come by the car. He never came by the car. And then uh-huh. I get his number. And I call him up and I've got, and I just bought a limo bug out of Texas and it was just, oh. it was during COVID. And I was like, I was bored. My neighbor came over. He's into weird cars. He starts talking about limos. I go on the Samba. I look up a limo bug and there's <laughs> a limo bug in Texas for like six grand. I'm like, bro, let's buy oh, that. I'm like, let's go buy that thing, dude. It costs you 10 grand to stretch it, dude. I'm like, I don't even care what kind of shapes it is. So my, <laughs> my wife and I flew out there and we drove that thing back. And so I'm oh, like, wow. I, I had, I'd sold another car. So I had car money in the car fund. Right. So uh-huh. <clears throat> I buy this limo bug and then I was talking to Jim and then he called me back. He's like, all right, I'll sell it. I want 16 grand for it. Sitting in the garage right now on a flat tire. It doesn't run. You got to get it run. The motor's brand new. I had so-and-so build the motor, blah, 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 blah. So I said, mm-hmm. all right, cool. I said, well, you know, and then I started talking and I said, He's like, well, I got somebody who might want to buy the BRMs. And I said, that's me. And I saw, so I said, yeah, you know, I was thinking about the BRMs and I thought to myself, like I said, without the BRMs, I w- you know, I'd give you 10 grand for the car. I said, mm-hmm. you know, my attitude was like, you know, 
I would rather just put a repop set of BRMs, paint them red, no one know the difference, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then I thought about it for a day and then I called him back. I said, you know what, man? I said, the wheels need to stay with the car because it's part of that. That's one of the right. things about that car that made it so cool. So I drove down, I bring cash, I buy the car. I leave from me hanging out with Jim and I drive all the way to Simi Valley and I go and see Scott Gildner, the guy who built the car. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I do a whole podcast with Scott Gildner about him building that car and, and he built that car pretty much the way you see it first debuted with the white mm -hmm. vintage video gauges and the Mustang seats that were, they were velour at the time, a stock steering yeah. wheel. And then G when Jim got the car, he started doing all the empty accessories to it, right? He started doing a mm -hmm. big motor and did the Fosgate system and all that stuff. And uh, now that I have the car, you know, it's one of my, really one of my favorite cars to drive because it's, oh, yeah. like, it's 80 style, right? It's got like a low back. It's got like <laughs> a bucket seat that reclines, sits real low. You know, and, and that car is just, it's such a fun car to drive. And I'm super, oh, yeah. super stoked that I got it. And Eric, uh, what's his name? Eric Lucier over there in uh, Phoenix. In Arizona, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another big empty head, right? So. Oh, yeah. He sells yeah. that He sells that set for 17 grand. He actually got 17 for it? Well, they were sold. So, you know, they were for sale <laughs> for 17. Who knows what he got for him? But I think that as soon as those were sold, that kind of changed things in the original BRM world, you know, cause like every time mm -hmm. something levels up, there's a little bit of that that takes place. Yeah. Now what I'm also noticing, which I didn't know it was a thing, right? So the, like the early flat four BRMs are now becoming collectible. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And I don't, <laughs> and I don't understand why, you know, I was talking this, I was having a conversation on the podcast and I said, I don't know what year, the uh those brms came out and i said i think they came out in like and i started thinking like maybe 97 98 and then stefan it was the late 90s well no stefan I, I remember the shop in santa monica but stefan shows me an ad from 1992 is when those wheels came out serious yeah i was, I was, there you go. I was surprised too i'm like Cause I was like, yeah, it had to be the late nineties because in 93, 94, I don't remember seeing those wheels. I don't remember seeing them advertised. I remember anything, but they're repopping them back then. Now I don't know the reason why I don't know if they're collectible because of the way they were manufactured. I don't know mm -hmm. what's different about them. Well, they're the most identical to the BRM. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think uh, if you were to flip it over, you would know, or if you look at the lug nut area, you would know. Right. So let's talk about, um, you're, so you're 43, you're the 43 split. Now you don't have that car anymore? No, I sold it to um, one of my mentors, uh, my MP mentors who, who taught me a lot. I sold it to him. Yeah. You know, and he, and he uh, started collecting all the parts for it. And then uh, something happened. So uh, he asked me if I could sell it for him. And I knew a lot of people that wanted the car. So I went ahead and sold it to my other friend. Um, who lives in Temecula, and uh, you know, I I don't know what happened to the car after that. Come on, I really don't know. Really? You know, um, yeah, I I he called me up one day, and I, 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 I you know I'll say his name. His name is um Ronnie Chang. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's a Filipino buddy of mine. We used to cruise, you know, Whittier and Holt and all that back in the day. 
he ended up making a deal. You know, uh, he, you know, he, he sold a lot of his stuff. You know, he had barn doors and everything. He sold a lot of stuff to get this car. To get the 43. To get the 43, right. As soon as he got the 43, he tucked it away. I've never seen it before. I've seen it again. Mm-hmm. Other than he sent me a picture uh, of it when he primered it black, you know. And um, he got some of the stuff that Randy had collected, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um then Randy calls. Uh, then Ronnie calls me up one day, asking him to call him back, and uh, I totally forgot to call him back. And now uh, I heard that he passed away. What? So I have no idea where the car is now. No way, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. He's gone, and I don't know where the car is at. I mean, there's all kinds of stories. You know how the VW world is. You know, you you hear these things. You know, oh, he did that, and somebody took this, and. The car belongs to this guy now because he couldn't pay him, and and I'm thinking, well, I don't know that. To me, that didn't sound like Ronnie because I grew up with him. Right. But then again, you know, you, you know, if you're friends with somebody, you're going to be cool with them. Right. But if you don't know that person personally, personally, he might treat you different, yeah. and you might see it in a different way. Right. Right. So, but I, if I could find a 43, man, I, I I'll buy it back. <laughs> so, did you regret after you sold it? Did you sell it with all your empty stuff on it? Oh, no. I stripped that off. Oh, so you sold it just for the fact that, like, it's a 43. Good luck finding another one. Where Now, where did you – what's the story in the 43, and where did you find it? Well, it was on the Samba. Uh, David Payne had it for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on there for a little while. Nobody bought it. I guess no one believed it was real or anything. Up to this day, there's this controversy with that car. Oh, it's not real. This and that. Even though – he had a letter, you know, from the person that he got it from, mm-hmm. from uh, from the factory saying that it is that it is an original car. You know, uh, it was an '82 E body on it, and uh, I had the I actually had the letter in the Sama Gallery in one of my pictures, and uh, so that 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 clarified that it was a re- you know the real deal, right? You know, but get that. So when I got the car. I, oh, well, I traded him mm-hmm. a $500 running ragtop oval that I bought uh, for 500 bucks off a of buddy. So was, was uh, the, was the 43 a rolling shell or was it? It was just a rolling shell, you know, and it was rusty. And, uh, I actually threw away the ga- original gas tank and I threw away the original pan. It was that rotted, man. Really? And to me, it was just another split other than being super early. I wasn't really hip to the KDF stuff. I just knew, Oh, sh- you know, 43 split. Right. Hey, I got to have it, man. You know, so I hit him up and then he, you know, I post pictures of everything that I find most of the time. And he saw the picture of the oval red and he said, Hey, let's trade for that. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that weekend, man, I, lo- I, I loaded that bad boy up and rolled out the, rolled out the, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina. Was it South Carolina or North Carolina? North Carolina, Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. That's why I went, went all the way there with my with my buddy Howell and grabbed that sucker and I was all smiles on the way home, bro. That's of course, crazy. when I was driving back, pieces of it were falling off. Like it was rusty, you rusty? Know? It was rusty. Bro, the floor looked solid until I got home and I looked and there's no floor. I like, was like, where the hell are you? Like it was, <laughs> like it really, I mean, I, look, I, I got a 51 split and I, uh, uh-huh. I, a buddy of mine bought it and I remember one of the last posts on the Samba. I was like, Hey man, yeah. who knows about this car? 
And then I don't know if it was Samba games, people just trying to hurt my feelings or whatever, but it's like I paid, <laughs> I, it, it was, it was 2008. I paid yeah. 12, five for it, which was a lot back then for a, yeah. a driving split window, but it was like an, like it was restored in the seventies and it mm. nothing was correct, but it was, it was like a real old restoration, but there was like mm. some funky, funky body work done on it. And I think, <laughs> I don't know if somebody Photoshopped it or what, but like someone took it and, uh, and they took the thing and said, Oh, you mean this one? And it was like the same ad and it was like $3,500. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not. Oh, <laughs> I man. I was just mad. I just got off the internet after that. I was like, man, what? I don't want to. F- My feelings are hurt. <laughs> 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 I was getting, getting off the internet then. And, uh, uh-huh. but I bought that car and, you know, I learned a lesson that you don't ask your friend from Michigan if the car is rust free because your friend from Michigan's gonna be like, oh, man, for this thing being a 1951. There's no rust on it. And then I get the car and I sat in the driver's seat. I looked to the right and I could see the street on the, uh, on the passenger side floor. <laughs> and I, and I called him like, Hey Doug, I, I like, there's a big hole in the passenger side floor. And he's like, Oh, that's nothing for 51 out here. That car is almost rust free. I'm like, bro, this yeah, car, that's what I was going to say, man. Yeah. The Wisconsin, whole, Michigan, all, all up in there. The, Russ ain't nothing for them, you know. Half the car could be gone, and it's gold over there. <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole lower, you know, the whole lower uh, eight inches of that car had to be replaced, and it's it's all done. Oh, it's it's painted. It's sitting over at Buddy's shop. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for Buddy to paint the uh, the the um, the fenders and uh, mock up the drivetrain for me, so I can get it back mm-hmm. and, and finish that thing. But uh, yeah, that's been, wow. that's been a build that's for, cool. for a while, you know? Yeah. So now you have, you, you have an empty bug right now. And right. what's the story, what's the story on the empty bug that you have now? My, well, I only have the one original one. The other ones, you know, I just threw a bunch of empty stuff on it, mm-hmm. you know? So I can't really say that's an original, you know, GTV, mm-hmm. but uh, the one I'm working on now is a 67 sedan I picked up. No rust, original black paint, and um, I just throwing everything empty on there. That's rare, you know. Coat hanger, uh, you know. I finally just I finally got my empty cylinder head temp gauge. That took me forever to get. I've seen you know a few slip through my hands, but I didn't. You know, it's one of those things I didn't have the cash to buy it because I bought something else the day before. Right. So I finally got my hands on one thanks to my buddy Corey. Um, so uh, you know. I had an original empty rear and front seats for it. Nice. Uh, I, di- I didn't like the rear seat in the back because my kids kept complaining it hurts their butt. So I sold that off. All right. You pa- know. Pause two seconds. Last bug in, I had a chance to buy an empty rear seat uh-huh. for 400 bucks. Was that a good buy on that seat? Yeah, I would have bought it. <laughs> I would have bought it. You know, my brother says to me, you're an idiot, man. Why are you, you don't need that seat for anything. And I've got a nice 67 here in Vegas that, you know, the goal was, the goal was, and still is that we're going to give the car away. It's a, it's an original solid 67. I've got some, uh-huh. some BRM, 
uh, replicas we're going to put on it. We're going to do like a garage build and give it away, right? Like it's not going to be pan off. It's going to get a new interior. Going to have somebody do a motor for it. We're going to lower it down. We're just going to make a nice driver, right? So with the MPC in the back. Well, and that's what I told my brother. I'm like, bro, let, we'll put the, the we got a we got a 14 inch GTV wheel. I'm like, we'll throw that dude in there. I'm like, we'll uh-huh. put the back seat in there, bro. I'm like, that would be a freaking rad giveaway. He's like, we ain't giving that stuff away. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you know who does, dude? Legends, bro. Legends give that stuff away, dude. Because I, you know, I just think that'd be so cool, right? If you were to enter a raffle <laughs> and you picked up a bug that had just a bunch of cool accessories on i mean and hopefully yeah you hope that the person that gets it really is into it and appreciates the uh you know appreciates the whole original uh you know the, the gauges and stuff and they don't take the car and oh yeah it out, you know because that would be rad yeah. to get somebody you know, even if you do a 16 you know a 1600 single port with dual carbs or just kind of like a throwback retro type deal yeah so that's cool but so you were saying about the 67 you're building. So you got coat hangers in it. You've got. Uh, yeah, I got coat hangers, pop outs. Um, I, you know, I, I had the front seats up until yesterday. I sold the front seats. Oh, now what does a set of front seats go for? Well, I had two guys wanting it. No, no, no. I hear you. Listen, it's going to go for what the market pulls out of it. So I got 2K for it. Two thousand bucks for the front seats. Now, where did for you the front seats? Where did you find the front seats? Uh, this particular set that I got, uh, they- I bought it. I, I had they were originally my old seats. I, I sold back in the uh, late nineties, and um, I called him up, and he said he would sell them back to me. So I, you know. I bought them back. I held on to them for a while. Mm-hmm. Then I got another set from my friend in Thousand Oaks, mm-hmm. Jerry, and I like that set better. So I still have that set sitting in my Raptors. Uh, I don't have the right car for it, but uh, the set that I that I had sold. What year? You know, the, what, what year the set in the Raptors? Uh, the, they're also empty front and rear seats. For what year? Uh, any year bug. They fit any bug. I know they fit any bug. What what year would they be correct for? They be are they too late for a sixty seven? I think so. They were mostly you you know the the rear seat was mostly in the uh, they were usually used on MPMs basically. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know they weren't specifically made for the bug, but they fit in the bug, right? Oh yeah, man. You know uh. You just fit it to the rails, to the tracks, and you're good to go, you know? I like it. I like it. Yeah. And now, yeah. And we're talking front seats or rear seats? You're talking... You're, the, the rear seats fit. The rear seat was designed for a Beetle. Uh, I honestly don't know if they were designed for a Beetle, but, man, they fit good. Yeah. You know, I know they were designed for the MPM because I would see it, you know, and and I and I and my first set of MP seats mm-hmm. were actually in an MP imp. And then uh, I was able to talk the guy out of those back in the nineties. So, uh, I've never really seen him in a beetle other than the, the, the set I used in my 43 and then my other cars. Now, what about, uh, have you ever seen, so they made the imps, the MP sportster and then they had a four seater sportster. Right. Danny's the only one. Danny's a payday again is the only one I know with a four seater. So he actually has a four-seater. He actually has a four-seater. And he brought that out to Buggin' 32 when they started the Buggin' over again. Yeah. He brought that out for display. It was pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, there's a there's a there's a lot of cool stuff. And Impy, I think, as they got a little later, started third partying stuff, right? They started Yeah. They would sell something. Cause like I'm looking at the Impy in the 67 catalog, there's the Impy car stereo. Now I'm assuming this was made by somebody else for Impy, or is it eight track player? I only know I, the only one who has an eight track player would be uh, Richard Roth. And he actually got that, I believe, from Joe Batone himself, I believe. Really? That's the only one. Wow. There's no other one. That's gotta be that's gotta be pretty rare, right? I mean, if you're if you can afford an eight track, you're probably driving a caddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you're slumming in a bug, right? Because bug was like yeah. the, the economical car, right? But if you started throwing all these uh these rare deals on there, man, it's uh that's you know, it's kind of crazy. But you know, I, I think one of the things is when, when we talk about buying and selling and collecting, I mean, the market's going to bear what they're for. So 2000 bucks for a pair of front seats. I mm-hmm. paid uh, the, the, the seats in my split window. Uh, they're vintage now. They're like 13 years old. Yeah. I, I bought them from uh, a, a company that GTS classics and they make Porsche style classic fiberglass seats. So these are like okay. an early style Porsche race seat that I put in for my split because I, I was going to do an outlaw split about 15 years ago when I started the build and before anybody mm-hmm. had one done and then it just got delayed after delay. So, um, but those wheels, I mean, or those seats I paid 1800 bucks for those and that's upholstered and all that kind of stuff, but it's a, it's a really unique seat and it's not something you, I mean, you can go buy Recaro's all day. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you know, do like us guys from the hood. We just go get some Honda Accord seats, <laughs> and, yeah, and both them bad boys in there. But uh, I think the seats are pretty rare. I haven't seen them. The rear seat. I'm, I'm a, when we're done with the podcast, I'm gonna yell at my brother for not letting me buy it. The rear seat. He's like, "What do you need that stupid rear seat for?" I'm like, "Bro, it's cool." Did it have the pads? Yes, it had the pads. So, oh my god, bro, you should have got it. I didn't. Now I'm upset. Now I'm upset. Instead, I bought a yeah. box of valve covers, some GTV, some some valve covers. My brother was like, "We buy them stupid valve covers for." It. I'm like, I, "I could make a light out of them. I make a craft out of it. You know, you know, you just buy, yeah. you just buy stupid stuff." But you buy. Yeah, it was, that's funny. Because back in the '90s, you you're talking about. I I, uh, I had made a coffee table out of my BRMs and set a glass off a glass of uh, uh you know a glass table on it. Right. So that was cool. And then I made a chair out of my BRMs. And I, in front of the in front of my BRM table, and then uh, I was drinking coffee out of my GT valve cover, and my my uh, kid took a picture of it. It's pretty cool. I gotta dig up that picture, bro. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All the BRMs and the GT valve cover, drinking coffee out of it. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Now, now you said the the coat hanger is a rare piece, right? Um, yeah. You know, um, is it just that you I, never? I always knew they were out there. Huh? Is it just that you never see him? I, I've only seen one my whole life, and that was in Jim Mayo's car when he brought it to Kelly Park. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think nothing of it, but then when I started, when I got this black 67, I said I want it. So I put a wanted ad out there. It didn't take long for one of my buddies to say, hey, I have it. And then I'm, you know, as usual, I, you know, what do you want for it? He goes, I don't want money. We're gonna have to trade. Like, damn, that's the best thing, right? Like, like that's what I do. Like, uh, you know, money's really no good to me. We can just trade for yeah. some other cool well, yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, you know, because you can work for money, right? Right. <laughs> you, you, what are you gonna do for parts? You got to find it. Now I'm just going through the catalog from '67. There's an all-purpose map light 
that has a the cocoa mat it. or the no it's a map light so it go they show it oh, the they, map light. they show it installed under the front hood they show it installed like uh under the front uh under the front dash and then one in the engine compartment is those pretty rare you've seen those pretty normal i i, I see them pretty normal but not in the engine compartment yeah because you know in the engine compartment, it's hot. I can see that lens melting. Yeah. So I've never came across one in the, an engine, in, in the compartment of the engine, but I've seen them everywhere else, you know, uh, on the rear seat, smack in the middle. I've seen it there, you know, in some of the seats I've purchased uh, under the, under the uh, ashtray, you know, under the dash right there below the ashtray. Mm-hmm. That's the most common place, you know, and that's where I'm going to put mine. Yeah. And, on the 67. And so, what what is the is there any piece any MP piece that you have that you'll never sell? I don't know if you've looked at my my ads mm-hmm. and, and my and, and my little logo on the bat uh, on the bottom. You know where where, you're, where you list all your cars and everything. Mm-hmm. I also have listed in there. Sure, I'll sell it to you. So in other words, man, I'll sell anything, bro. Right. I'll sell it all because you know why. Once it's gone. I'm going to enjoy the hunt looking for some, some more of it. Right. And you know? Now what, what's the best score you ever had? Like the best find you ever ran into. MP wise or yeah. in like general, any, like anything, any, anything, anything. anything. Like, well, so in your tier of collectability, right? So we talk about MP, which has, it, it holds a dear place in a lot of people's hearts. What is the, do you, do you believe is what, is there anything that you see that's, that's like it's constantly overlooked by people, but it's this piece and it's way more collectible to you than any MP piece. Let me clarify a piece. That's not MP. That's that, that I hold more dear than any MP parts, right? Yeah. Anything you're looking for. That's more rare than anything. MP. Oh, geez. Uh, there's actually, yeah, there is a set of wheels in France that I've never seen before that, uh, John in Las Vegas took a picture of when he was over at Bad Camberg and saw him. Yeah. And I, I, play, I posted a wanted ad out for him because I've never seen those wheels. Uh, those are the, that, that, to me, that would be the rarest thing, those, those wheels. You know, uh, people talk about wide five, wide five uh, American torque thrust magnesium wheels. Those mm-hmm. are rare. Well, I've won two sets already, so I don't see, you know, consider them rare anymore. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it would be those wheels. Those are the only wheels I ever seen like that, and and I want it. So it's like the Fumagalli thing. Uh, I want if you know Chad can't saw you know had some on his bus. Oh, I gotta have it, right. man! I started clicking the hell out of those things. That's funny. you know, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, now, how in your opinion, how how rare are two piece five spokes? They're they're not super rare, are they? No, they're not rare at all, man. You know what's rare? What finding one that ain't cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And now even with my BRMs, all of my BRMs, when I pulled them off the car, everyone has been welded on that car. Oh, really? Yeah. Every uh, BRM. I, I have quite a few welded also. Yeah. And I think, may, I, I don't know if it's just something that they did uh, just because they did it or they did it. Be, I mean, I would assume they did it because they, they, uh, they crack real easy. You know, the magnesium. I mean, I don't know what the deal is, but. Well, 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 when they purchased them new. You know, they're a good solid wheel, but you got to think magnesium, mm-hmm. you know, uh, over the years they get brittle, right? you know, uh, and so, yeah, you know, they started getting brittle after I would say a good 
15, 20 years, you know? Um, so when they would crack, people would weld them because it's cheaper to get them welded back then, you know? Sure. But now you don't, how many people, you know, that can weld a, a magnesium wheel anymore? Right. Not too many. It's a lost art. So now it's like, you got to crack BRM. You got to crack BRM, man. <laughs> you know, unless you know somebody personally that can fix it for you, you know? Now you talked about the, the, the rare, the wire wheel, the fumigalis that you have for sale, right? Oh, the wire wheel ones. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's the story on the fumigalis? <laughs> well, there's like four different fumigali wheels out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two all steel ones, nobody wants those. They're pretty gross looking. Those but are, the, the, uh, those are like, it looks like a stamp steel, funky Randar five spoke combo. Oh, those are the, those are the ones that I actually like. Uh, I used to think they were rare, but not anymore. And they're repopping them now. So, you know, once they start repopping stuff, I, uh, you know, me and, and, and other wheel collectors, we kind of stay away from all that anymore. Right. We don't collect that wheel. Right. It's like, oh, they're repopping it now. You know, it's, yeah. there goes the value. We don't want it. You know, but so, so let's talk about that for a second. When they repop something, for example, my cosmics that were on my gear. Now, when you said John in Vegas, are you talking about John John McBeath that has the splits and all that stuff that Pip does a bunch of cars for? I don't know his last name. He comes to the house with a a, a friend of his, you know, um, Robert. And they buy stuff off of me, and yep, but yep. Um, That's John. yeah, John mm-hmm. is tall, blonde hair. Mm-hmm. He calls himself Ron John Las Vegas mm-hmm. on the samba. That's his samba name. Mm-hmm. Cool guy. Well, the he's d- got a twenty-three uh, clone for sale right now. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Ron Jones. Yeah, yeah, I know Ron Jones. So Ron, so Ron Johnson, Ron Johnson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a buddy of mine. Cool I see, guy. I, I see him. I see him every weekend. What now? What did he buy? What did he buy off of you? He didn't buy anything from me. He just looks. Uh, he comes with his friend Robert. Um, they're actually going to come this weekend after the Irwindale show on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, I'm this, going. I'm going yeah. to Irwindale this Sunday. So. Oh, are you? You going to be there? <laughs> no, I don't do shows, man. Really? I haven't done a show in like I don't know forever. Like even when you get long your, time. When you get your car done, you ain't going to a show. Nope. Nothing impressive. Put it this way: I see so many cars on the Samba. I go to the show. I see the same ones. Right. You know, I mean, I have to see something different. Well, good. So you're going to do something different this October. We have our one crazy weekend that we have here in Las Vegas. And the one, the one crazy weekend is a Friday night strip cruise. It's a Saturday car show. And then it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a Saturday afternoon poker run where I give away a couple thousand dollars in cash. So that is an event to go to, but you you can't be a looky loo. You got to be a driver. You got to bring a driver. You bring one of them, hood, <laughs> bring one of them hood rides out, and it's it's a it's it's the best time that you can have because what you're doing is you're just it's a social event more than more than uh, a car show. You know what I'm saying? And okay. It's really like there's a I think Russell has talked about bringing a car down for that this year because Andy Finch was here. Spike from uh, Spike's Vintage Restoration was here this year, and I let him drive Future Shock oh, down the, down the strip. And uh, you know when when you've got 80 Volkswagens on the strip on Las Vegas Boulevard. There's just something super cool about that. You know what I mean? And we, Oh all, yeah. It, it's a great nostalgic feeling like, Oh man, this is a serious throwback. I feel so good about looking at that stuff, you know? Yeah. And so that's an, that's an event. Like 
it's a weekend. It's called one crazy weekend, but it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's less about the show. Now there is some show uh, stuff and we, what we're going to announce this year. So we had a couple of people that were pretty serious about the show thing. And so uh-huh. if you see, we do a top 20 award, but we're also going to pick a best of show contender. Cause some of the people really want to do that. And we're going to, I'm not doing it where I have some people judging these cars and you're going to get a judging slip after your car is done so that, you know, like why or why not or where you scored, but I'm sure there'll only be a handful of people that are going to be going for that. But for the most part, most of the people that come, it's really a driver's weekend. A lot of there's a last year like 30 dudes drove up from Phoenix to do uh-huh. it, and wow. it, it's just a blast of a time. It's different than than a show per se, because especially in California, it's like the same guy swapping, the same guy selling. Exactly right. So. Uh, you know, the, the, the same guy buying all the good stuff before the show actually starts. Right. It, it, you know, and then planning it on the swap space, his swap space for 20 times more. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, there, so I'll be, I'll be there this weekend. I'm going to run to, uh, I'm going to be running over to, um, <laughs> to buses by the beach. I think I'm gonna try to hit that up just to hand out some flyers. I'm just out promoting the show this weekend. So, uh, okay. Maybe I'll hit you up and I'll. Are, are you? How far are you from Irwindale? You uh, quite a ways from. I'm there. in Hesperia. Oh, that's right. So you're right. You're on the way right home. by me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I might go to the show. I've been telling my wife. I, you know, I'd like to do. A, if anything, walk around a show. You know, and well, get that feeling back. You got well. That's what I'm saying, man. And that's one of the things we talked about earlier, right? I, I told you. You know, like your mainstays, you you pet a lot of stuff on the samba, right? Like the, there's yeah. no there's no better site than the samba to get to no, the there isn't. to get to the enthusiast, right? And and I've been chasing down uh, Everett to come on the show, you know, because he, mm-hmm. I, there's a huge story behind like the origins of the samba and and to go through the evolution of where it's come today. But I kind of backed out of. I'm always cruising the classifieds. If I got a few minutes, I always click the new ads and the this, or if I'm looking for something mm-hmm. specific, the save search I have is type 34 and you know, there's, there's all that stuff, but you know, the forum stuff, I don't know, man, like, like I was telling you earlier, I think it might've been 2010 where I was just like posting some stuff up about my double cab. And then somebody started saying something stupid. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, why am I wasting my shine on these fools, bro? Like I'm over here trying to pump people up and people got something sideways to say. And then I caught myself at a show, not acting like a gentleman when I seen some internet warrior. And then I, had to, <laughs> and then I had to call him out and then I felt real bad about it. I was like, bro, I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a grown man. I don't need to be smacking people over here in the street. Right. So, but you know, and I thought it ain't, it's not good for me to get on there because you know, most of these people sit home in their underwear and judge everything everybody else is doing. <laughs> they don't, they don't got a car. They got a good idea, but they got nothing else. And right. you know, it, it became a culture. It was Dave Conklin. We were talking with earlier and we talked about the whole culture in the, in the mid two thousands of like the forum boards. And, mm-hmm. and then people would just get on there and people would just get roasted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's, you know, I haven't been on, a bunch obviously things change in people's lives and i mean you probably push quite a bit of stuff i mean you got a ton of ads on here yourself yeah you know you know you, i i do well <laughs> yeah i mean you, you sell a lot of stuff but you've been collect you're you're, you're just like it's kind of what you it's it's what you do i mean is this a full-time thing for you or is it mostly a hobby for you uh or is it a full-time hobby 
it's pretty much a full-time hobby, bro. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't do cars for people anymore because I don't enjoy it. Right. And I caught myself like I'm not doing, doing the cars like I should. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I'm, I'm not doing good doing people's cars. So I, I, I just culture, I just stopped, gave people their cars back, whether they wanted it or not, you know, and uh, just called it a day. Oh, and so, so you were building cars for people at some, at I was building point. cars for people, a lot of collector guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause I, I'm not that good of a painter. My father was, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I can do some serious metal work. Yeah. I was really good at that, you know? Uh, and so I was putting out some cars, you know, to, to private guys. And then, uh, I just, I didn't love it no more. Mostly like original. And my dad always said, if you don't love what you're doing, well, why do it? Right. You know? So these were, do, do what you do, do what you love. Money comes and goes. You may have a nickel in your pocket one day, but the next day, Hey, you might have 10, 20, 30, 40,000 in your pocket. Right. And, and so that's, that's, that's what I do. I don't, you know, so what was we were talking earlier like what was the biggest hit you ever had of like just the most amount of empty stuff and just crazy because i think I, I think i may have got you sidetracked on that i don't remember if we talked oh we talked about the, the, the most the biggest score the biggest score oh okay yeah yeah because uh i would say the biggest score for me was uh my 67 convertible yeah the original tv that was a real gtv i you know um I don't have any pictures of it. I've shown it to a few fellow collectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found this one in Riverside. Yeah. Just by accident, you know, doing my, my normal, you know, every other day hunt for cars or parts. And uh, I was just going down Adams. And then uh, I took a side street and there it was on the side of my house. I didn't know it was a GTV. Until I got close enough, and I'm like, "Oh wow!" Well, what tipped you it's off? Got it all in there. What, you know? what tipped you off on it? That was GTV. Oh, the first thing, uh-huh. the license plate frame, man. <laughs> did it have a Did it have an empty license plate frame? It had an empty license plate frame on it, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, there's the frame." And as I got around, oh, there, you know, I got a better look. There's the chrome tail lights, mm-hmm. and then oh, there's the sprint stars. And then I said, "Okay." this can't be a GTV because I've never heard of a convertible GTV before. Right. You know? And so I took a look inside and it it had everything. Really? You know, nothing was missing. The Dell Swift mirrors on the fenders, all of that. And, uh, so I knocked on the door and I hit him up and he goes, yeah, I'll sell it to you. You know, I want to say this is back in, uh, and it's 91. Oh, this is, this is, so this is way back before people. Oh, it's way back, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's why I know that's back then, you know, there's no pictures on the internet or nothing. And, uh, now what shape is it it in? What shape is it when you find it? Rust free brother. Really? Rust free, a couple of dents on the deck lid Mm -hmm. and the fenders, but that's it. You know, the pinstriping was there, the door caps, you know, uh, were there, but they didn't fit right because it was a convertible. They were kind of on there just dangling so right. it goes off and put it in another car because they don't go on convertibles um i guess he just added that on you know yeah but uh it's a real i mean he bought it from economy motors 
I had the pamphlet in the car and everything. So was this you know, guy? He was the original owner. Okay. And he parked that back in the 80s, and it just sat there. You know, I, I want to say he said like 84, 85. I was still in high school when he parked that sucker. You know, and uh, what was the reason he parked it? it? Huh? What was the reason he parked it? No one drove it no more. Oh, really? He said just didn't want to drive it no more. His kids didn't like Volkswagens. And, you know, and, and I find a lot of cars like that. Oh, they, they, they're, they hold it for their kid and, and the kid don't want it. So he just sits there. And then I come along and I scoop it up for nothing. You know, I got the convertible. You know, it seems for two, like, grand, two it, grand. It seems like two grand is a, a, a ripping deal. Even back then, that's an rec- yeah. incredible deal. It was a, I mean, it was a blown out tops, all blown out convertible tops. Top is, it, yeah, the top is just like gone. So he didn't cover the car. It, it was needing restoration. It, yeah, but I didn't do nothing to it, man. Oh, you still the steering have- wheel still got the cracks in it. <laughs> and what kind of, buttons all faded. What, what kind of wheels in it? Is it a, is it a, which which MP wheels in it? Sprint stars. Oh really? Yeah, five and a halves. You know, uh, you know, and and it was never. You know, GTVs were never lowered. Right. You know, and yeah, so you know. But you got to lower it. You got. I mean, you got. You got to do. Something. I didn't lower this one. You did. Yeah, I left it just like it is. See, I'm and I'm conflicted about the one that I'm picking up because it's got those sprint stars on it. The guy painted silver, yeah. and I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna have to have those rechromed. Because, but it, but but it's almost like do I, do I leave it as original as possible, or you know because they look good when they're lowered. You know I think everything looks better. Yeah, they do. So they do. I don't know. I still got that terrible select the drop front end that came off the front of Jim's old bug. That was awful. Oh man, I just got rid of one out of my fit. Well, my wife's fifty five oval. I yanked that sucker out a few days ago, man. That thing will knock your teeth out, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I remember those things. You know, every time we hit a railroad track, oh man, bro, I can just feel it. I feel my it's almost my back. It's almost a, almost a better ride knocking leaves out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, close to it. So the impy the impy bug that you found. I mean, how many how many parts are on there that are that are and for a GTV bug, you know, because they had the the Mark One, the Mark Two, the Mark Three. You know, they right. kind of, I'm not. I'm not very familiar with what came with what, you know, what, what model came with, you know, what parts. Um, one thing for sure though, I know it, it's, it didn't have BRM. So that's definitely not a Mark four or whatever, you know, right. It's definitely below that. Cause it had everything else. Steering wheel gauges, shifter, radio, little small pulls oh, wow. on the got, glove box and the door. The, it's got the, it's got the MP radio, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, and it's the 12 volt AM FM. Now, let me ask you this question. This might be a personal question for me. The MP TAC that we see that everybody has. Okay. The, I don't there's think, two of them. Well, Actually, there's more than two. So there's like an orange needle and a white needle, right? Yeah. So there's. The, well, the pod. You got the orange needle, then so, you got the pod dash TAC. So that's what, that's then what you I got asked the, the question. I saw that later they sold the pod separately. So, like, you could have the TAC drill a hole and mount it in the dash or they had it with the pod. So was the pod, is the pod tack a different tack than the tack without a pod? Well, I mean, are you talking about the tack that goes in the wood grill? I don't know. Or you're talking the one that comes in, in its own with a stand on it. So the one that I see with the stand on it is in the 67 catalog. Okay. But I think, you know, all the tacks that I've seen have all been like surface mounted tacks. So I didn't know, 
if they sold the back of the pod as an option to surface mount it on the dash. Oh, no, no. They, they sold them like that, you know, you know, inside the, uh, in, in its own pod. So it's, you a, know. it's a different, it's a different tack altogether. I mean, it's a, di- correct. It's a different tack altogether. And they actually use that tack on the original MP hood, you know, where you put the tack on the hood. Mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. The, that's the specific tack you use for that one. Not the one that goes in the grill. Now the MP, now the MP hood, the fiberglass one you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. What's one of those hoods? Cause they only made, they make two or they make a couple of the, the fiberglass hoods or how many hoods they make? They made two that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen one in Maryland on a, on a guy's car. He showed a picture of it. And I'm like, oh, wow, uh, that's a real one. But it didn't have the tack, the, the pod for the tack on it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, So I consider his pretty rare. Um, but the one with the tack, the pod mounted tack on it. Right. Uh, I've owned a few of those. So with the pod. So when you find those hoods, you're normally finding those with the tack in it. Never. Oh, so you, you never. So, and that's, and that, that uses the surface mounted or it's designed to have the enclosed tack on there. It's designed to have the enclosed tack. Hmm. And, I, and uh, I didn't know that until I asked Richard that question. Yeah. And he, you know, uh, and he told me what tack was correct for that hood. So, uh, luckily I had a few. So, so do you have, now you still, uh, you know, and when I got the, when I got the, <laughs> uh, when I got the chop top from uh, Jim, he, mm-hmm. gave, he gave me a tack with it. I can't find it. I don't know. I thought we rolled into the seat. Oh. Yeah. I was going to ask you that because I knew he had the extra tack because he was going to sell that to me too. <laughs> yeah. So he had, he had the tack that he, he had the tack that he gave me and it was in a box inside the car. And uh, uh-huh. I've been looking for it because I have, I have a, I have another full set of MP gauges that I got. And then I've got the mm-hmm. ones that are in that car. Unfortunately, I don't think the ones in the car work very well because I tried to kind of test them and, and hook them up. I think the they end, never do. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer. Like who, so you get a set of MP gauges. Who do you send them to? Is there somebody that rebuilds them? Uh, there was a place in Hollywood that used to do it, mm-hmm. but I kind of gave up getting them repaired because all I do is stare at it anyway. I don't really use them. Right. So now I just use use the gauges to fill the holes, you know, but like, it seems like half the gauges I own and, and, and have come across Mm -hmm. never worked. Very few of them worked. Yeah. I I ended up, what's funny is, is just out of being a a dumb buyer of stuff. You know, sometimes you just buy things. Um, Yeah. Some guy came to town. I'm trying to think of his name. I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, He's out of uh, Prescott. There's two guys in Prescott, Arizona, and one guy started repopping the brass. Yeah, Chris Predmore. Chris, that's right. So I bought a, I bought a, uh, the brass tee off of him for the. Uh, they were good for the sitting. Well, I, I never, I didn't have MP gauges when I bought it. I was like, oh, I think I had a, <laughs> a an older set, like a newer set of MP gauges that were inside my. Um, that were inside my display case. He's like, Oh bro, you need one of these. And I can't remember. It was like the last one he had. And I think at the time he was selling them for a pretty good price. Yeah. And he, I think he's, I want to say he said he was getting like 500 bucks for him or something like that. So well, around there. Yeah. So something crazy. And I think I might, I think I might've got, it. it was like his last one and I got a good deal on it. And it was, oh, just, good. it was in my display case forever. And then I get it and I get the car 
none of the gauges are hooked up in the car. So I'm like, I end up, first thing I do to Jim's car is I put a brand new wiring harness in it because the wiring harness in it was no bueno. So, the original one, I believe. <laughs> so, so now the car is like fantastic. The wiring's perfect on it. I got to fix, I, I've got to put another 68 speed in it because the one that was in there started squealing until it exploded. And now I've, I've got the gauges, I got the sending units and all that stuff connected to the gauges. But maybe since you don't listen to the podcast, you, you might not know this part. When I bought the car, there was a 2276 in it. Mm-hmm. And a few years back, a friend of mine texted me a picture with a Speedster kit car. And I said, yeah, it's a Speedster kit car. What's up? And he's like, a guy wants 400 bucks for it. I said, I'll pick it up at 4 o'clock. What's the address? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, no problem. He says he's just sick of moving this thing around, and he's got a brand-new engine for it, an 1,800cc engine. He spent like $2,000 for the engine. So I'm thinking, oh, like, wow. I'm like, yeah, anyway, $2,000 motor. Like, what kind of motor could that be? So when I get there to buy this car for 400 bucks, the Speedster, because I thought I could flip the Speedster for five grand quick. And when he mm-hmm. told me 400 bucks, I was like, I'm not arguing with anybody, right? Right. I show up over there. He he hands me a file folder that has six receipts in it from Geneberg Enterprises for the oh, engine. Wow. So <laughs> I, had, I had this 1800cc 701 compression Geneberg motor from, it was the gold, the gold steel pulley on the bottom to the original linkage to the DCNF Berg specials on it. The whole mm-hmm. thing came with this thing. I popped the carburetor off of it to look at the intake ports. They were brand new. And I said, well, oh, wow. he's like, yeah, we were friends. And he told me he was friends with Gene Berg and they built the motor for him. But then when I asked Clyde, Clyde said, Gene never built motors for anybody, but maybe, maybe so, maybe no, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I've got all the receipts for all the parts, you know, brand new AS 41 K. So that motor I held on to for a long time. I put it in an oval window I had, and it's it's not a rocket ship by any stretch, but you know it's the machining idiots all stuff. And then when I got Jim's car, I was like, you know what that car deserves? That deserves that Berg eighteen hundred cc. So now the car, uh-huh. so now that car is sitting on is the chop top on the original BRMs with right. the, with all the MP gauges with a Gene Berg motor. And the next thing that possibly is going to have that car, I bought a Berg five speed not long ago. So that, uh-huh. <laughs> so that car may end up with the Berg five speed, but you know, even to this day, I just, I drive it with the BRMs that are on it and it's like, I got them. Uh-huh. I'm going to drive them. So, uh, I don't know. Wow. That's uh, awesome. So, so that car for me has become like, like that's, next to my bull run bus, no one's getting that car. You know what I mean? Like, unless, <laughs> I mean, listen, like you said, everything's for sale and somebody had to have it. Oh, yeah. But based on the the history of that car, what it meant to me, you know, seeing that car growing up, uh-huh. is there any car for you that's like the it car? Like if you saw it, you'd sell all your crap for that car. Mm, yeah, there's one car, but it ain't a Volkswagen. What car is it? <laughs> It's my buddy's 55 Speedster. Oh, yeah? Like in a, like a real Speedster? A real Speedster, right. You know, uh, and it, like, and he's a, he's a really great friend of mine. He's taught me a lot, you know. Um, he's just an all-around great guy, and, and uh, I'm hoping to one day get his Speedster off of him. Yeah. I told my wife, you know, we'll take money out of the house to get a car. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, listen, there's, there's, a, and being a car guy, you know, we're always on this hunt for having something super new, unique and something that nobody else has. And mm-hmm. that's part of the thing with like, especially the VW car guy, like we build something different than everybody else. Nothing's the same. And it was really a, a weird experience for me to buy that red bug because I yeah. was like, it turned into, well, I didn't build it. It's not my bug. But then it, then it kind of became that was the car that inspired me so much. It would be cool to have it. And then to get it, you're a little bit like, eh, she ain't the supermodel I thought she was. And, oh, yeah. you know, and then, and then you're, but you still have that love for it. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to get it there. I'm going to get it where it needs to be. And uh, mm-hmm. if, if you like those type of stories, you got to listen to Andy Finch's story about Dennis Hyde's Gia, the pink Gia that he bought. That's the second podcast. Uh, I did is that the one in Bakersfield? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> you'll, you'll have to listen to the second podcast. I did two with spike and I did the second one and he talks about getting that car and the experience of getting his dream car and how all that came together. So that's, that's a good one. I don't want to spoil it for you. Got to listen to that one. That's a, it's a wild okay. story, but yeah. yeah, no. Um, one of the other things that I want to touch base with you about, we started, we were talking about wheels earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been this in this in the recent world. Uh, the, I've had people reach out to me about the 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 drama behind the RDW wheels. Oh man! <laughs> Here we go. So so, what's your take on the? You know, at first when I saw them, right? Like the, so, I guess the RDWs are the ones that Randy made. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Randy made the RDW. What What's the original wheel? The Davy Deal wh- wheel. Uh, well, I don't think you know they were the wheel that David made. Mm-hmm. You know, like carved it out of wood, I believe. I I know it's wood. Um, those never went into production. So the first guys to make that wheel, you know, and in, in uh, you know, it's a lot of drama with that wheel uh, was uh, Boris over in Germany. Mm-hmm. And he started making the, he called them the Der Steiner Rad wheel. And uh, the sets were numbered. You, there's only a few out there back then, you know. And uh, I was like, man, I got to have that wheel. And what year, you what know? year is he making those wheels? What year is this? Oh, man. I, I want to say 05. So, and this is before, what year does Randy make the RDWs? He, oh, I don't know when he started production on his. I think I want to say the the first picture that I see uh, well, I seven. See, I see a picture posted. Uh, I guess this is maybe something different. Let me take a look. I, I see oh, my car, the forty three with them on. They're on my forty. They were on my forty three back then. I went from Fumagalli's as the first wheel on the forty three to the Dersteiner Rad, and uh, like I said, I had the first set here in the states. Uh, you know, four and a halves and five and a halves, a set of five. Um, now, and as soon as I posted a picture of it, uh, it blew up. You know, everybody loved the wheel, and then, uh, and then Dave jumped in on it, and you know, he gave us two cents. And now, this was Dave. You know, this was Dave Cormack. Yeah, yes, Dave Cormack. He's a great guy. You know, I consider him a friend. And, you know, he didn't have beef with me. He had beef with the wheels. Right. So you know, I was cool. So he, so, and, and his thing was that he had felt that this guy had Written. ripped off Randy's design. David Deal's design. And, and, and I think because he didn't ask for permission, mm-hmm. 
and, and, and everything else, uh, you know, whatever it takes to, you know, use someone else's idea and make a wheel. They didn't use, they didn't go through the proper channel to do it. They just saw the wheel, made their own, made their design and, and, and put it out there, mm-hmm. you know? So the big thing, I think, oh man, I don't recall. I, I think it's pretty much just giving, asking for permission you know, and giving him a cut, uh, maybe I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, right. you know, it, it was such a long time ago. Now with, with these wheels, you have, um, a set of this, of the 15 or 17 inch 15. Cause they make, Wide flat. do they make, make these in a 17 now? I, I, uh, believe they do. I, they make them for many different lug patterns and sizes for different cars. And now, th- you know, and now do uh, in the past, I don't know if you're still making them now, but back then, you know, I was seeing them on different kind of cars, you know. Now, do you have a set of these? Do you have a set of the R? Do you have a set of the Randar wheels, the R- the RDWs? No, I don't. So, you know, I, I actually, um, when I got my wheels, uh, Randy called me and asked if he could come take a look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, me, me and Randy were great friends, you know, uh, you know great guy we we done a lot of shows together we hung out a lot uh you know i I would hit his show out in san diego every now and then um and uh, we just had a good time but um he came to take a look at my wheel Mm -hmm. and after he saw my wheel he went and did his his wheel because he didn't want to make it the same way that andy andy and boris made him so and, and and randy did it the right way he uh you know he asked for permission and and did what he needed to do to put out the wheel for everyone. And there, it was a great wheel. Because there is a Roadster model car that has a set of, it's a tight five lug, but it's almost the same design. It was the Red Baron, right? There was a there was a Red Baron model that came out and it had yeah. a, a wheel that looked almost identical to that. And it was, um, I looked it up. When was on, this? I, I looked it up online. Let me see if I can find it. But there was a there was a Red Baron model as like a tea bucket, mm-hmm. and uh, and it had yeah. So it, it had kind of a. Let me see here. I'll, I'll I'll pop it on I'll pop it on the screen for you here so you can okay. see it. Let's see. Yeah, I'm sure I've never seen it before. Because if it ain't a VW, I ain't looking at it. Right. So. This car had like the Iron Cross wheel design. It's obviously this is a four lug, not a five lug. Right. But they're kind of flat. The funny part is somebody called me up and they were like, hey, man, you know, they're all saying that this wheel was ripped off. But actually, this car came out with these wheel, this wheel design way before. That's totally different. It it is. It is a little different. It's a little different. It could be maybe construed as similar, but that was. One, someone reached out to me on that, but I think, uh, you know, there became a lot of drama on it and, um, in regards to, I guess, uh, you know, Dave, (laughs) Davey deal, um, Uh Dave deal, not getting, I guess maybe, you know, or at least just getting the permission asked, which, which makes sense. You know, like if somebody draws and designs a wheel, you'd want to have, you know, something to do to that, you know, cause there's so many wheels out there. You have the wheels that were made by Sears. You got, so many stinking yeah. wheels that it's, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I always tell people, I think I have almost every wheel 
Right. Except Brazilian wheels. So, you know, I've been searching for Brazilian wheels lately. Don't worry. I got a set coming for you. I got a set. I got a set coming for you. So there's, uh, <laughs> there, there's actually, there's actually, uh, in Brazil, they make a lot of really dope wheels, like 17s and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. And I, I was at uh, a dude, Big Mike, up in, in St. George, and he had a set of wheels, um, some 17s. I can't remember which one they were. I don't know if they were – because they do like 17-inch cookie cutters. They do 17-inch all kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, working right. with a, I'm working with a company out there trying to bring in a shipment of A-arm suspensions for Volkswagens, uh, that, mm-hmm. Il, that Ilmore company. So I'm in negotiation with them right now and uh, thinking about bringing some of this – some of these the, the suspension stuff in that they sell and see how good it is. I like some of their other stuff because I'm more like a sporty kind of race look kind of guy. I mean, I, I appreciate uh, the vintage. I like everything, man. I got problems. I got ADHD when it comes to Volkswagen. <laughs> I, I got the 80s. I got the stretch limo bus. I got the, uh, chop, the rag chop. I got, you know, you know, like my bull run bus. I love like German look cars, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I got uh, I got problems, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I got. We all do, man. I, I'm telling you, it's it's one of those it's one of those things. In respect to, well, let me get let me ask you your opinion because you you're big in the collecting sense. What's your take on the uh, SA Sprint Stars? I'm not a big fan. I have a set, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I never considered them a rare wheel because I'd always see them everywhere. Right. You know, before they got popular. Um, they're a nice wheel, right? You know, but I'm not a big fan of them. You know, well, and, and so they call them an SA Sprint Star, South African Sprint Star, but they're South not, African Sprint Star. They're not. They weren't made by Impy for South Africa. Were no, they? they were not. Nah. So it's no, te- it's technically not a Sprint Star. It just looks like a Sprint Star. It just star. looks like them. Yeah, I mean, it looks, uh, a good wheel. It looks like a Buick wheel. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, bro. I got a '65 yeah. Riviera. I got them same yeah. wheels. I got them same wheels in a Type Five lug pattern. <laughs> but uh, no, I think um, I, I think for me, some of the some of the really rare wheels that I like, you know, I've got a set of uh, Kleeblatts for my Type 34 Gia, some four lug Kleeblatts. Okay. Yes, I, I like those. And and again, because I, I dip into the '80s a little bit, I got a set of the Ronal Pentas. You know, the I think they call them, mm. it's like a Penta Nine or something like that. It's the typical five star. Looks yeah. like it would have came on the Mercedes or the Mustang, like the Celine Mustang. You know, kind of a you know classy wheel, dude. That's kind of I, I like mm. that. I like that style. But uh, you know, I like a little bit of everything. I really like. I'm big on 17s because I think 17s fit a wheel arc of a Volkswagen perfectly. Oh yeah, you know? I, I remember when the 17 uh, Escorts came out. Yeah. Oh man, those are sweet. Yeah, those are yeah. those are some nice wheels. Now, yeah. In regards to collecting, like, is there any car out there like that you're looking for? Anything you're particularly on the hunt for that we haven't discussed? <laughs> No, I pretty much stick to Porsche and Volkswagens. Yeah. You know, um, oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind having a uh, Ferrari Dino. Yeah, the Dino? The Dino. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having one of them bad boys, but uh, right. I, think, I don't make that kind of coin, bro. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think, I think anybody would. I got stuff to trade for some, for yeah. one, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't turn, I wouldn't kick one out the door if it showed up at my place. But yeah, uh, I mean, if, 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 
if I found a Dino that was uh, within my price range mm-hmm. where I could sell my 54, pour, my, my pre-A, I could sell that, right. I'd use that to buy it. But I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> well, you, listen, you never know, bro. You bought a GTV bug for 1200 bucks, so any, anything's wild. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, you know, I find a lot of good deals. Like, like I, had a, I found a 49 split for 100 bucks. you know? And uh, I was just driving down the road. I and I always drive down that street, you know, in Riverside. Uh-huh. And 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 I, you know, I'm always looking because you know people, you know, you don't know what's in their backyard. They could move it, and then all of a sudden you'll see it, and you didn't know it was there. Well, that's what happened with this with the 49. Right. I was, you know, I've been down that street a thousand times. Well, you know, I just happened to be uh, driving pretty slow in my bus, you know. Can't go too fast. It was a windy road, and I saw the bumper sticking out, the banana bumper. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the hell?" You know, and I was like, "I'm pretty sure that's an early split." So I, you know, I went over there and I knocked on the door. Oh yeah, yeah. I just moved out of the way to get my tractor. It was in the way. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you want to sell it?" And then hundred bucks, bro. I pushed that sucker out of the street. Called my dad and came and got it. Yeah. You know what year is this? <sighs> This has got to be the way back machine, right? This is ninety-two. I was gonna say, yeah, it's just so crazy how many things there were over yeah. there, over there in Southern California. Like so, because yeah. so many little pockets of little towns and all the stuff that were everywhere. You know? Oh yeah. So you know, and I, another good score for me was a forty-seven split. You know, uh, I have a friend who's a realtor mm-hmm. back in in the nineties, also. And uh, he sold this house over in Ontario, real old ass house. Yeah, you know. And uh, he opened the garage, you know, to clean it out. And it was a split in there, and he knew I was a VW guy, so he called me over. I was like, "Oh shit, uh, that's a forty-seven, man!" You know. And I go, "What do you want for it?" He goes, "Well, I don't know. I got it for free. I sold the house, and you know, it's got to get out of here." I'm like, I'll give you 500 bucks. He starts laughing at me. I walked away with, you know, I, I ended up giving him 2K for it, which is still good. Right. It was right. a complete, you know, car. A little bit of rust. I didn't have it long, though. I sold that sucker in about a week. Really? I don't know who owns it now. So, you, so other than your 43 you had, there, is there any other cars that you've owned that you wish you had back? I wish I had the 43 back. Yeah. I don't even know why the hell I sold it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I, I just posted it for the hell, you know, cause yeah, I sell everything. Right. Everyone knows it. And so just, you know, I, sometimes I throw things up there with an insane amount just to see, you know, if somebody will bite and, um, my friend wanted it. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, I, I stripped all the empty stuff off of it and, you know, sold it to him, you know, for a nice chunk of change. And, and I got a, I, I sold it for cash, you know, you know, pretty good change. Yeah. And I got a 57 gear out of it running and driving. Oh, nice. You know, and I got a set of BRMs and Origin- a whole bunch of other original MP3s. BRMs, original BRMs off of them. All right. Well, well you know. I'm gonna have to hit you up for an odd BRM because I need a spare, bro. I think I need a spare. <laughs> I don't sell my BRMs anymore, brother. All right. I want yours. <laughs> I w- because I wanted them first. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's the funny part. You know, when I was talking to Jim about buying the car, and I said, you know, I think I need to buy. It. I said, I just, 
I'd rather pay for the car, pay more money and have it with the wheels, even though, you know, I'm super, you know, at the time I was reluctant to drive on them. And now mm -hmm. my brother's like, you should get a set of repos, put them on there. I'm like, nah, I don't care, bro. I'm just driving them, dude. But legends drive with those welded up wheels and take risks, bro. That's what we That's do. right. You know, I'm not staying out till midnight anymore. I'll go to bed at nine o'clock, but I'm gonna be dangerous. <laughs> I'm be dangerous between the hours of three and nine in my, <laughs> in my chop top, in my chop top with my magnesium wheels. <laughs> But well, uh, yeah, you know, listen, man, it's been, it's been great having you on here, man. And for sure, we'll get you back on. I mean, I want to, I, I think there's going to be, I may want to do a whole special just on the whole RDW drama. Maybe do a round table on that with a couple guys. I got a couple guys. Oh yeah, let's do it. Get Dave in there. You get Dave in there. And there's a, there's a guy, Rodolfo Maya is his name and he's up there in Reno area. He's been calling me on it. And so we may put together a little round table powwow about the, uh, the, the RDW. And, and I got a couple guys in uh, Arizona that were good, good buddies with, uh, with Randy and they apparently, they got a lot of insight with some other stuff. So who knows? We'll see where we'll see where that takes us. But yep. um, yeah, anybody wants to get at you, they can find you on the Samba under Resto Johnny. Um, yeah, I'm easy to find. Just search that stuff. I mean, really, if any guys are out there looking for some stuff, send them, a, send them an email. Let them know you heard about them. If, if you're not familiar, let them know you heard about them on the podcast. And Resto Johnny will find you like anything. I, the last thing I bought from you was some type three. My email that I replied to you on, I bought some type three window cranks is what I bought from you. With, with the, the walnut. Well, no, uh, just, just, just regular type three window cranks. I didn't have oh, any type. Okay. I had a type three. I had a 67 square back with no window cranks. And I was like, oh, you just had a window cranks. Cool. But they had, oh, the, okay. had the big, ugly rubber knob on the end. But Oh, the 67 only. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, if you need something, Johnny's probably got it. Uh, it, it give him a, leave him a message, man. Like, cause he probably, I don't know if he's got everything he's got listed. I probably not guy like this guy's got stuff in the, no, I got a lot more that I don't have posted. He's got the, level you gotta two, be specific and ask me, right? You got level two stash. You got the stuff, yeah. <laughs> got the fast hey, hey, stuff. Hey. And like, if you know, I got it, you call me. <laughs> yeah. Everything's got a price on it with me, man. Cause once it's gone, I, I'm going to enjoy the hunt for looking for another set. That's it. Well, cool, brother. Well, man, thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. And like I said, we'll, we'll have you back here for sure another time. And, awesome. Uh, and, and we'll kind of, uh, we'll kick something else around, talk about some more collectible, collectible. Oh parts. yeah, man. I, I'd love to talk with you again. I had a great time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You know, I try to find some information that we can get on some of these collectibles to help you guys out and understand what you have and what to look for while you're out there. So if you like this podcast, make sure you share it with all your VW friends. Click the link below, copy, paste, and share it in your group text with your VW club. If you want to support Let's Talk Dubs, go to letstalkdubs.com and pick up some merch. More podcasts to come, guys. I'll see some of you guys possibly this weekend out at... Uh, out at drag day if you see me say what's up i may also be stopping by buses by the beach so hopefully i make it down in time for that but until next week guys later you probably don't know that there's a new volkswagen out that doesn't look like a volkswagen